Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Richard Sawson. Awesome. Come on, welcome to Tax Williams. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Dan Conroy. It's a say. It's t- a week in a row. The longest running episodic podcast oh. in professional wrestling. <laughs> I wonder where you were going. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, mate. Well, three weeks in a row, technically. Three, so. <laughs> it's three weeks of a kayfabe, brother. Although, apologies, listeners. Mm. I am foolishly, as we were talking about before, uh, on before we start recording, I'm away on holiday next week in the beautiful... So, four weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously... Follow our social media and our, our wrestling promotion Instagram, Travel Lodge Live. 20 followers in a week. We're over. <laughs> Are you ready for the first match announcement for, oh, an, for an unnamed event? Something. I know what the fuck you've done. So let's find oh, wow. out. What, what's our first match announcement? The key thing about running a wrestling promotion is never telling the talent they're booked. Mm. But I also think there'll be people who will work this show when whenever it happens okay uh, i'll tell you what hold on hold on before you announce this oh okay let's do a video we can put it on the socials we've oh. got social media now so we can do videos the first match announcement for travel lodge live is a king of the the pyramid match the pyramid bag match for pg tips because that's what you're given in a travel lodge it will be returning from retirement the bootylicious bad boy from by the bay <laughs> Tax Williams, wrestling, also coming out of retirement and hasn't been asked, cold-blooded Dan Conroy versus Tugboat. <laughs> Would you like me to explain them the concept of the pyramid bat, the king of the pyramid bag match? Yeah, go for it. We'll put it on socials. Fuck it. I think we've got some sort of like time limit, so maybe like, you know, wrap it up. <laughs> Aim of the game. First pinfall. Gotta get you're then locked in the shower in the Travel Lodge hotel room. Locked in there for two minutes. Triple threat. <laughs> Aim of the game is you've got to get a tea bag into the kettle, shut the kettle, and get the kettle out of the hotel room. The winner is therefore king of the pi- the pyramid bag. Fucking bag it. That sounds like a delightful. Yeah, king yeah. of the pyramid bag. La- loosely based. I was going to say locked in the shower, but then okay. I thought, you know, and imagine if two people are locked in the shower and obviously someone's going to win, they're going to get the tea bag in the, in the kettle and they're sure. going to get it out into the hallway. Yeah. But that's just the first match announcement. Tax I Williams like versus Conroy versus Tugboat. Who's Tugboat? Fred Otterman. Typhoon. Oh, Agile. <laughs> I thought you were just like, I like, you know, uh, when Russell Crowe has a Tugboat in South Park. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> tugboat, Fred Otterman. The, the Shockmaster. Yeah, yeah, fucking A. Cool. And just so you know, because the reason why certain wrestlers... Am I doing Shockmaster? Is that what's happening here? Little fat well, guy? No, 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 no. Because again, the good thing about the wrestlers I'm picking for these is yeah. some of these have quite cheap cameos to oh, be able to cool. record stuff for socials. Oh, nice. So Fred Otterman is on the list. So I'm going to ask him to record his promo for what, me and Conroy. What you want is to record a video of him going, oh, where's my tea bag? Oh, I quit. And you can declare someone the winner. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, Travel Lodge Live, the first and only social media wrestling promotion. Hmm. <laughs> Is that a claim we can make? We'll make it anyway. Fuck it. We've called it Travel Lodge Live. We've booked Fred Ottoman without telling him. It's fine. Copyright, by the way. <laughs> Pro- yeah, trademark, parts unknown, all that jazz. No, I'm trademarking Travel Lodge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want them stealing it off of us. Exactly. And I bet they haven't done it. 
Imagine like they've like searched their socials, like their media team or whatever, their sort of legal team, sorry. They're they our shit. And we're like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is a problem. But imagine the invasion pay-per-view when we host an event in a Premier Inn. Yeah, fucking A. Uh, before I forget, um, is Travel Lodge one word or two words? One word. So we're two words. Which is why so we're different. fine. We're a allegedly, travel lodge. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> As we said, Travel Lodge Live, yep. TLL. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs a three-letter wrestling promotion. Yeah, I quite like the idea of forcing people to say Travel Lodge Live every single time. Oh, yeah, no, so. we're not going to abbreviate it. The Travel Lodge Live Championship. <laughs> Just to be pricks. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. And then... <coughs> progress. <coughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> have you seen that Progress is going to have an on-demand service? Oh, brilliant. Because they've realized that Pivot Share is crap. Oh, that is probably factual. But then again, so is half their talent, half their roster, and none of them will ever work Travel Lodge Live. <laughs> a little bit brutal, maybe. I haven't watched anything save Return. Sorry, I take it back. Millie McKenzie is a very talented wrestler. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Cara Noir um, is one of these people who once again has asked people to pay for his surgery. Remember, okay. but I asked you this question. Again, now I'm out of retirement for Travel Lodge Live. Sure. Didn't David Starr do some equity to get us all paid if we got hurt? What happened to him? Do you think we should book him? <laughs> <laughs> David Starr did nothing wrong? Question mark. <laughs> Who are David Starr? No, no, I don't think we can. We'll wrestle him in a Harvest Star? (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. That's almost as good as your Faruqib thing last week, which fucking blew my mind. I I listened to that back and literally fell on the floor laughing when you got to it because I forgot how funny it was. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, I don't think we can book David Starr still. I think maybe one day. But like... (laughs) I'm joking. Oh, we definitely can't book David Star. <laughs> uh, well, um, no, let's not go down this route. No, <laughs> none of them. Because the good thing about Travel Lodge Live yes. is we don't book wrongans. Mm. Plus also, we just are wrongans. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. But not like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Digging a hole here. This is a problem. But I need to check with uh, Travel Lodge Live legal. Mm. Um, I'm trying to book... TLLL. <laughs> I'm trying to book Matt Terry Legal versus logistics. a hairdresser. <laughs> I know a hairdresser. You know Matt Terry. <laughs> I mean, we're only looking for a three-match card because I'm pretty sure we'll be ejected from the hotel. Lucha de Puesto match. Yes. <laughs> yes. Get Tempest. Be like, you just, yeah, you sure? I thought we said we weren't going to book Romans for the show. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> no, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's all funny games. Until Nothing's someone real, gets hurt. Don't worry. Fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hell. Um, wrestling's been good this week. In fairness, I haven't yeah. had. I've watched the first half of Dynamite because obviously I had to watch the show. Um, uh, oh, hang on, hang on. I haven't watched Dynamite yet. Okay. So no spoilers. Uh, I've watched Dynamite. I watched some of proper SummerSlam, not the good SummerSlam that we watch for this podcast. Yes. So I watched some of that and I was like, Logan Paul. He he's, he shouldn't be this good at wrestling. Sure. And sells just as much as everyone else on the roster. Pretty much, yeah. Brock Lesnar, spread eagle, almost saw the real beast when <laughs> yeah. his shorts were... Brock Lesnar clearly forgot his gear because they were too short. Someone ironed on some logos on him. His boxers were hanging out the back of it. Coach Wicked would be furious if you could see the brand in them <laughs> boxer shorts. Fuck me, you're in trouble backstage, Jack Voltage. Sure. Um, but yeah. Isn't wrestling good? And then we're a few bits away from going to Wembley. But as we said before the pod, there's a reason why we're doing consistent thing. Sorry, James Delo, with your approach of guerrilla position, never recording a podcast and hosting watch parties and 
getting stuff with WWE. Mm-hmm. So last week, one chanced his hand. Yeah. And something popped up on my Twitter. You sent me a text about this. Yeah. And I need to know the story. <laughs> and I found some links and I got the details for AEW's uh, media team. This is really funny for coming from someone that works at WrestleTalk. (laughs) (laughs) So I I reached out to the Mm. media team and said, hello, we're from the UK. We have a podcast. I can confirm at this point that WrestleTalk don't necessarily have media credentials. Yeah. We've offered some tickets, but please continue. (laughs) So just the context, you know. So even so, when Travel Lodge Live gets media credentials, by the way, <laughs> by the way, it's down as Travel Lodge Live, not World of Wrestling oh, Podcast. Really? <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna look up Travel Lodge and be like, millions of subs. Yeah, we're in. Get them in. I sent the link as Travel Lodge. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake! Oh, we're gonna get in trouble. But Tony's gonna hate us. All <clears> I just, <throat> all I just want to do is if we get given these media credentials, and I'm, and again, it's in. You know, we'll get back to you as soon as possible with yeah. media credentials. See if we can get you, uh, get you in. Uh-huh. That means after Wembley, <laughs> you and me might get to go to the post-show media scrum oh, and ask cool. a question to yeah. Tony Khan. Oh, that'd be great. And my question would be, Tony Khan, <laughs> what do you do when you run out of washing up liquid? Now, I want to confirm, Tony Khan, this is not pyramid selling. <laughs> Hell of a question, yeah. Or, or the, well, the question I would genuinely ask him if we got media credentials, I would say... What do you mean genuinely? <laughs> well, if Travelodge Live gets media credentials for this, sure. my question would be, prior to the pandemic, yeah. you were going to come to England to do a show. What venue were you going to run? Was it always Wembley or would we all have to shit in buckets at Craven Cottage? <laughs> yeah. We're into the river. It's right there. And I guarantee you, the reason why I put this out now is when someone asks my fucking question and I don't have media credentials, they're going to have to credit it to Travel Lodge Live. So (laughs) fuck you, all those people who steal our ideas. And I also... Thanks, William. Travel Lodge Live. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. The bootylicious bad boy from By the Bay, Tax Williams, Travel Lodge Live. Great, yeah. And then, uh, but as I said, if you guys don't have media credentials, how funny would it be if we get them? Just waving at Ollie from behind the barrier. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so like, we used to go to like uh, friends' parties like in the southeast and stuff. That's where like my missus went to college and we had like yeah. some friends in a band down there and stuff. So I remember going to a yurt party in fucking Seaford. You've been to Seaford? No. It's a fucking shithole. That's what <laughs> I haven't like, been. It's right on the seaside, right? <laughs> on the south coast. And uh, do you know what a yurt is? Tent, yeah, like a big hippie yeah. tent thing. Just head up, and there's all these fucking hippies baked. Oh well, their faces. now the glamp, now the glamping tents are yurt. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like me and my four metalheads turn up with a case of beer, sit in the corner, like, all right, everyone, <laughs> ruining the mood for an old fucking thing, <laughs> and like just being us. And like John, John, my mate, the bass of my band was like, I can't just put on like one song, and they were just like, yeah, yeah, cool. So we put on like, what was the the. The Dream Theater song was like 12 and a half minutes or whatever. <laughs> I just set it to loop. So it's like, oh, it's just one song. It's just taking from. And so, like, it's kind of like that with uh, oh, oh, the, the thing. I was going through with this. Fuck. <laughs> this is brilliant. Watching your mind work and then come back from it. Oh, this yeah. Is- so you're only allowed to ask one question to Tony yeah. Khan. Hello, Tony Khan. So my question is, could you, you know, it's just vamp for like 20 minutes and just make him wait while you get to the point? You know, Chat GBT has told me, here are the 10 things I need to ask you regarding okay. professional wrestling and booking. Sure, yeah. Or just go in and go, hi, TK. Massive fan of the product. Um, obviously, last time uh, you came to the UK and you sent Jeff Jarrett and Paul White. Um, when's Cody Rhodes coming back from injury? <laughs> 
Why don't you go to sign Robert Reyes? <laughs> is John Cena... Go- Are you signing Goldberg? You're fucking great. Why isn't Jeff Jarrett your world champion? <laughs> I mean, that's a legitimate question. I, I'm so disappointed. I, I, I said to you that I am... I, I assume the Double J stuff has been released, or is that still a secret? Uh, I believe it's up, yeah. yeah. And it I doesn't see matter that, for you, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm so jealous of your colleague to yeah. get to spend some good quality time with... Uh, World Wrestling Podcast Hall of Famer J Double F J Double I E Double T. So when I walked into the office and Luke was there, and I was like, "Did you get to spend half an hour with Jeff Jarrett?" He went, "Certainly did." Bastard. Yeah, apparently Jeff is just the absolute best. Really, really accommodating, really friendly. Just answered everything behind the scenes, and yeah, it was really, really great. So yeah, awesome. I mean, we we pick good Hall of Famers. Yeah, fucking a. Yeah, sure. I see Murder Clown is finally back on the post for Triple Mania, the 78th version of Triple Mania this year. I thought he was interviewed earlier. I watched the whole thing. Didn't I sound a word of it? Because I don't speak Spanish, but it was still good. <laughs> what he said was, "What I really want to do is win King of the Pyramid at Travelodge okay. Live." Um, Pyramid T back. Exactly. <laughs> Subject to trademark, trademark, trademark. The legal team sure. run by Clarence Mason. Yeah, because we've hired him. <laughs> Prove us wrong. Clarence Mason's on our legal team. Fuck you. IRS is our accountant. Travel Lodge Live legal logistics team. Exactly. Logistics. What's the word for team that begins with L? Lunchbox? (laughs) 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 Literally made no sense. Um, But I've also, also, before we get started, I've been away the last weekend as I was at the the biggest charity Blood Bowl uh, weekender, Thrud Bowl, down in Swindon Mm -hmm. at the... uh, well, I called it the Space Marine Rugby Club. See, <laughs> you told me you were going to this, right? And I saw a post from the group that just had everyone's rankings listed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, Rich. <laughs> it did not go well. So the Friday night, it was Blood Bowl 7s. And cool. I took Frogs with If me. you want to listen to wrestling, just skip ahead a few minutes. <laughs> go on. I went with Frogs. And then the fir- my first point was a kid, a child. And I was like... Fuck yeah! I'm gonna get one win this weekend. Child beat me three 0 <laughs> but that's okay. I, sevens is a difficult one with no rerolls. Did you not just lie to him? No, no, no. no. I mean, you totally could have. But then the real tournament started. Mm. Day one, first game. I played a chap called Greenskin Phil, who I've heard of okay. on the Bonehead podcast, and he seems mm. a really nice guy. Great game. I lost two one, but I killed six of his. He killed four of mine. Really fun game. Yeah. Fun. Other than it was pissing down with rain, and our table was outside oh not so great undercover though yeah but it was a bit windy things but the second game i played a lovely chap called cantaloupe that's his coach name um cantaloupe had what can i besides the best roles and i had the i'll roll ones and skulls for the whole thing sure and i was like it's okay because you get frogs right yeah Yeah. you was oh no no i rolled i was running norse for the 11th oh okay so it's really bad that i died (laughs) sure and um so i had that game i was like right it's out of the way that's the really shitty game done. Time to play my final game and get ready for the auction later. It did not go well, Rich. Before half time, seven of my players, including all those positionals with skills, were not knocked out, dead. Jesus. Playing halflings. Ah. <laughs> How? How? Like, they've all got blocked. <laughs> Most of them got They blocked. had a star player who had a bomber, <laughs> and it just killed everyone straight away. And Is it a multi-death thing, or is it just... 
Yeah, they threw the bomb in the middle. Right, and it got and, and everyone players. killed. Okay, that makes more sense. I thought you were just like individually killing off seven. I was oh, like, no, no, how? The bomb killed three. Okay. Then he killed four others and just did really good rolls with, as he called them, his Christmas dice. I think, <laughs> I think might have been waited. We've got them for Christmas. Yeah. But at the end of that game, I was like, I've now had two shit games in a row. And then by the time I started my second half, I was like, I have three players, including a beer bore. Fuck, man. So, but the people can res- can't resurrect, can it? Pick people up who are down. All the linemen were dead. Oh, <laughs> the yeti, the yeah. beer ball <laughs> he had left. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Um, and then I yeti went. He can't throw, can't catch, yeah. can't carry even. No, Fuck's sake! So I, I got I got to the end of that evening, and I <laughs> and I, I phoned uh, Mrs. Tex Williams like, hmm. I appreciate it's a board game. But I've just had two of the most miserable fucking games. <laughs> and I think I don't want to play this game anymore. Like, mini hissy fit. I, the, the guys I was playing were really nice. And um, I won the, my first game the next day. Drew the next one. Yeah. And then the end of the game, the last game, I was playing a young girl called Wednesday. Her coach name was Wednesday. Cool. And it was going really well. I killed quite a lot of her team. Who was she playing? She was playing as Corn. Uh, okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, so I killed... <laughs> All of her big guys, all the strength four people. Sure. And I was like, she's only got eight people on the pitch. I've got a bench and full 11 on the pitch. No rerolls left though. And I was like, this is fucking incredible. I'm going to get two wins and a draw today. That's going to push me right up the rankings. I had a chance to score a touchdown. Declared the handoff. I had to get linemen, pick up the ball, hand off to the Valkyrie, run to the end zone. I had to do one rush in between this though. Rush <laughs> okay. to pick up the well, rush to pick up the ball. Uh huh. Failed. Dropped the ball. Nothing. Then right. I was like, "This is fine because she's only got eight players. I've got eleven. Build a cage around the ball. He's building a cage. <laughs> Build a cage around the ball carrier. Um, and then she started gaining revenge and killed my players. But it's okay because I was like, she can't pick up the ball." I can rush and protect the ball, then she won't win. So at least play for the draw against this 10-year-old child. Sure. Rush. Fell. Died. No one protecting the ball. <laughs> he went and got the ball, and then for the next three turns, dum, dum, dum. Oh, no. Dum, dum, dum. I lost 1-0. She was elated. And <laughs> you made her day. All the other Blood Bowl <laughs> players came up to me, and I went, I think and it's nice it's your last game. That was a really nice thing of you to do. And I said, oh, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I went, I wanted to fucking annihilate that child. I wanted to win 3-0, get my casualties back. Um, so I finished the weekend ignoring the Blood Bowl 7s with a one win, one draw, four defeats. Nice. <laughs> Fuck this game. <laughs> it's fuck Norse. Sounds like fun, man. But 1997, Blood Bowl was played. <laughs> but we're not talking about blood bunny, man. We're talking about genuinely a really fun SummerSlam. Yeah, so it's SummerSlam 1997. We're finally going to talk about wrestling. <laughs> we spoke about the important Travelodge Live. That's wrestling. Like it, eh? uh, it's SummerSlam Heart and Soul because it's Bret Hart and Undertaker. So. Clever play on words. I liked it. So I was thinking about this. So Heart, yeah, okay. Heart, yeah. fine. And Soul, though. Yeah. He doesn't He's, have a soul, does he? He's probably sold it for crack 
It's Anvil, but like he certainly, <laughs> he certainly doesn't have a soul anymore. I've seen his political views. The third of August, nineteen ninety-seven, uh, World Wrestling Fan Pay Per View, East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the Continental Airlines Arena, twenty thousand two hundred thirteen. We're going up in the world. What was the lowest attendance we had? Like 3,000 3, for 3,000, yeah. Now we're up to 20. And we haven't it's been to well. East Rutherford, well. New Jersey for eight years. Yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? Because of... Well, because of the taxes they would have to pay. But I thought you'd have a specialist interest in this subject. Oh, yeah. Mate, I was elated. <laughs> when I saw the governor turn up and I, you know, with the headbangers, but we'll yeah. get to it. We'll get to it as part of the uh, part of the pod review. But yeah, sure. eight years, the fan, you could tell as well, the fans were up for this. Yeah, right. Ninety-seven. We're starting, as we said, you know, once again looking at other podcasts and other research. This event is when the Attitude Era started, allegedly. Bullshit. It's been uh, going for a year. Yeah, but definitely. you could start seeing Attitude Era signs. Yeah, I think there's an argument for WrestleMania twelve being the start of the Attitude. We Era. said this was the start of the Attitude Era. WrestleMania twelve. Yeah, definitely. sure. You could argue WrestleMania thirteen, I guess, and. Uh, potentially later, but it's just, it's felt, from the very first day we started this run, it's felt the actual yep. year. Uh, commentary, Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Jerry Lawler. Not bad. Cool. Pay-per-view buy rate, which is apparently relative, whatever the fuck that means, is a 0.8, which doesn't seem very good to me. No, but if you think at the time, so in 97, like WCW, you're doing sort of 300,000 to 800,000 pay-per-view buys. Uh-huh. Point eight is about eight hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand pay per view buys. So it's double what WCW were doing. Well, at at that time period, we're not talking like the million million plus pay per view buys you get for Mania, but it's still a decent rating. I, I, I will never understand it. <laughs> Ratings and I will, I genuinely will at some point as we follow each other on Twitter, I'll reach out to Russo and see if he would explain it for us for the pod. <laughs> That's a brilliant thing. Did you see any of the Bash of the Beach, uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Oh, I haven't watched it. Is it good? Okay, so the, the documentary is great. It, like, yeah. it tells the story that you know. Uh, there's a couple of insider bits which are really, really fun. But one of the bits that I found fucking hilarious was in the documentary, Meltzer says that when Russo took over WCW, the ratings dropped. And so Russo pops on X, Twitter, whatever, and starts like laying out like all the ratings before and after he joined, just illustrating that they did drop after he joined. It was like, he's claiming, no, they didn't drop. Look, they're higher. And if you look at the actual, like, average, he's correct. But it's like, there's one or two peaks, but everything else is like a giant trough of shit. <laughs> and it's blatantly like, you know, it was the Raw had the dog show to compete with or like yeah. NCAA basketball or some bullshit, you know, like that tends to happen. Are you trying but to like, say this time, 22 years ago, when WCW introduced the Magnificent Seven and the big reveal of the Seventh Man was Animal? from Road War Animal I don't know what you're talking about oh really so at the, at the tail end after like New Blood versus Millionaires Club yeah uh, Ric Flair was part of a faction I think called the Magnificent Seven okay and the big reveal of the seventh person was out came Road Warrior Animal in 2001 <laughs> yeah not the biggest <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why it went under shortly so afterwards the Road Warriors aren't necessarily over on this show from 97 well that's because they broke a pig farmer's neck wow there we go lots of neck breaks on this show it's an interesting conversation later about that, so we'll mm. get to it. So, have you got what's been going on with WCW and ECW recently? No, because we've had the, we basically had the basketballers in WCW no and problem. ECW. As I mentioned last week's hardcore in last week's episode, the hardcore TV episode, yeah. that was Paul Heyman basically going, "Here's what happened at the pay per view," and they just showed the matches from the pay per view on the ECW hardcore TV. No worries. So we're without Raven now. Yeah. We're without Taz now. There were jumps. 
That's well, sorry, no, Taz was still there. Sorry, Raven, Raven had gone, Stevie Richards had gone, yeah. Shane Douglas had gone. Oof. So we're 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 dropping a bit in ECW. Paulie's sure. about to get TNN TV. Nice. So at this time, um, but no. So I was focused purely on the pay per view, but and also having a look at some of the things that may have happened since our last episode of Raw. Go for it. Well, as you heard on last week's episode, if you didn't listen to it, update your podcast feeds or go to worldwrestlingpodcast.com. We mentioned that Crush and Savio Vega had both been booted out of the nation. Uh-huh. So what do we do? Just like a jalapeno pepper. <laughs> so racist. We've got faction warfare. Speaking of racist, the disciples of apocalypse are here, allegedly. Yeah, sure. So we've got Crush, We've got Fake Undertaker, and we've got the Harris Boys. Sure. They're also here. And then yeah. Savio Vega's gone down to Carlos Cologne's like, um, wrestling cartel in Puerto Rico, found three other boys. Fucking okay. And now there's gang warfare between bikers, Puerto Ricans, and the Nation of Doom, which is now fully formed with... Nation of Domination. Nation of Doom. <laughs> Doom as a nation would be quite a, quite a move. But yeah, go on. But um, Farouk Kip has been on the recruitment drive. <coughs> he certainly has. He's been around. He's uh, he's beat Al Marin in an election, and now he's got he's got Ahmed Johnson mm. in the nation. Mad, isn't it? And big lad D'Lo is starting to make an appearance. Yeah, and your boy, it's your boy. But. Farouk and Ahmed Johnson, they've been feuding for years. But Farouk has now convinced Ahmed Johnson, the man who doesn't like gold, or gold dust touching his PP. True. Yeah. Um, he's there. Goldust is still a face. He's been feuding with Brian Pillman, which I didn't know at this time. Uh, prior to Goldust meeting Terry Runnels, um, Brian Pillman and... Um, Terry Runnels were a little bit. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. So there was some legit. Because we covered some beef. Brian Pillman stuff in the past, which kind of covers the gold dress thing. So I think yeah. it's actually after this event. Yeah, because this but, is the this is the uh, the end of the match yeah. for the winner has to wear a gold dress, and WWE being on a real big drive to remind you that Gold Dust is not gay because he's a face. He's androgynous. He's androgynous. <laughs> sure. But when he's heel. Because of course, as we know in WWE, oh, it's gay heel, <laughs> gay heels. Everyone's a, everyone who's gay is a heel in WWE in 1997. Mm. I suppose people like fantastic Anthony Bowens now, who's really flying the important flag for Pride and okay. everything. Yeah, sure. And times have changed. <laughs> so, did you? I, I still think you can see that times changed when um, what was it Harley from QTV mm. was trying to entice Anthony Bowens, <laughs> and the crowd's going, "He's gay, he's gay, yeah, he's gay." Yeah. Uh, it's a really nice thing to see. But I can't imagine that would have been the same in 1997. No. Uh, we've had the emergence of Sable and potentially Sonny starting to take a back seat. There is a hell of a segment with those two this evening. Oh, it's so good. The, possibly the highlight of this show. But we've oh, also got Shawn Michaels. The highlight. <laughs> yeah, go on. Shawn Michaels is still uh, a pretty little bitch. Mm-hmm. Undertaker's retained his title and it's going into it with Brett. We've had the Canadian stampede. Yeah, had the flag matches and stuff. It's, you know, Patriots beating Brett. Yeah, because Shawn Michaels got involved. Yeah, that's the one. And it's like, wow, there's a great segment of time which has really built up all these multiple layers. And what is the most interesting part of this now? Is this where you start getting into Ashton wrestling where wrestlers have one or two or possibly three feuds on the go at the same time? Yeah. 
Oh, also, we've had the emergence of Ken Shamrock, no longer just like double-legging people down. Ken Shamrock's are starting to go into his, oh, get a bit angry. Yeah, sure, that gimmick's there. And him and Bulldog are currently feuding over a tin of dog food. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, sure. you know, we're good and we're bad at the moment. So, take his champion. Yep. Brett's challenging tonight. Yep. Um, because he lost to the Patriot? Question mark? <laughs> But now this is but <laughs> this is Brett's ability to wrestle in America. Yeah, of course. So if this he doesn't beat the Undertaker, so it's he, the gimmick we were, from the yeah. last paper we covered. But we brought it to here. So the, the gimmick is if Brett, well, Brett says it himself. If he loses the match and he sorry, if he doesn't win the belt, is how he phrases yeah. it. Then I will never wrestle in America again. And then Sean comes out on a raw and it's like, oh, if if I like, you know, I favor the Undertaker in the match, then I will never wrestle in America either. You're like, I'm not sure we needed this gimmick. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And also, Canada hates you, Sean. Yeah, Don't wrestle yeah. there. I guess it gives um, Sean a very good reason to do the finish. <laughs> say it, but and we'll get there. But <coughs> one of the best finishes. Hmm. I've seen in a times match for a very, very long time. We'll get to it. Yeah, oh, yeah. So we get the American National Anthem star in the show. Fuck you, Brett. <laughs> Did you see Vince? Yeah. Standing there with his hand in his jacket, like full Horatio Nelson. But he was nipple twisting. <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> Horatio Nelson Vince. I don't know why this popped me so much. Loved like, it. Yeah, it's fucking so silly. Uh, because we're in New Jersey, we've got many ugly, uneducated Americans. Hey. We'll play the opening video package. In a perfect world, there would be no villains, no conspicuous manifestations of hate. Athletic excellence would be applauded. Sportsmanship would be the rule. Our heroes would remain heroes forever. If life were fair, then this legend would be lauded in his pursuit of an historic fifth World Wrestling Federation Championship. Instead, he's a fallen idol, America's public enemy number one. The respect abandoned, the legacy bludgeoned and spat upon by a society he feels condones defiance and perpetuates hate. If life were fair, then this mighty champion, this survivor of deception and conqueror of all earthly hells, would surely revel in the championship spotlight. The bright lights wouldn't singe his aura, illuminating a dark, horrifying secret from a distant past. And if life were fair, then this man might still be champion, dancing, flying, showcasing his extraordinary talents to legions of fans. He wouldn't be an athlete betrayed by an unwilling knee, a man surrendering a boyhood dream to search for the lost smile of youth. Is it fair that tonight, even in victory, this champion will be haunted by personal demons whose voices cry out from the dark? Is it fair that tonight this man may rewrite history, yet still incur the wrath of a hostile and unappreciative nation? And is it fair that tonight's special referee is a despised enemy of the challenger? Will vengeance flow ruinous from his biased heart, ensuring that tonight will be the last night Bret Hart ever wrestles in this country again? Life isn't fair, but whoever said it would be. What is fair? Is it fair that Brett has to do this and Undertaker has to do this? It's kind of a strange way of looking at the, the, the stories, but it's a fun video package nonetheless. One thing I noticed about this video package, though, was the real emphasis continually on 
I want to take her and Brett here, but Sean is still here. <laughs> sure. As it was throughout this whole fucking show. It's really weird how the video package isn't going, oh, this happened and this happened. So this is why we're doing this. Like they tend to do in this yeah. time period. It's going, Brett, he's a Canadian. But he's a moany little bitch. Taker, he's a dead man and all this sort of he's stuff. He's a dead man, but with secrets. It's, yeah, it's focusing on the characters yeah. rather than the story. And it's going, Sean, look at Sean. Isn't Sean great? We love Sean. He's fucking, got pyro. Fucking A. This uh, got me thinking about Taker getting a bit philosophical about his character at this time. So I wanted to propose something to you about mm. Taker, right? So Undertaker, what was his gimmick when he first arrives? Dead man. Like, dead man, zombie, body bag. He's, scared kids. He's an Undertaker, but he's dead. Yeah, which is, is kind of, you have to get your logic around that kind of thing. But it makes and his sense manager is called Paul Bearer. Comedy is a joke. Ah. <laughs> right. So in 97, he's not really a zombie anymore, is he? He's no. much more humanized. He's more of like goth. I've got a teardrop on my face. Yeah. So is his character, he's a recovered zombie. <laughs> He's been to indoor market. He's a Grebo now. He's bought his soul fly yeah. hoodie and he's off to the races. It's, it's like a zombie that's got better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's become less zombie and more human. So he's recovered, right? But like an alcoholic or something. What, was, what I thought around the time is this is where things like new metal were really starting to come through. So this is sure. basically where he's like, he's Marilyn Manson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was actually weirdly brought it up. I Sorry, was, uh, Brian Warner off of Marilyn Manson. Yeah, sure. I was... Um, yeah, yeah, very much so. I was listening to Limp Bizkit on the way over because I was like, "Fantastic, love it." Significant other, obviously, because of course, no other album really. Whoa, Gold Cobra, Oi the Gold, Golden Cobra. Song, <laughs> yeah. And I realized the funniest fucking thing in the world because sometimes when we're on this podcast, we do stuff in a Cockney accent because it's funny, isn't it? Right? <laughs> if you sing Limp Bizkit in a Cockney accent, it's really funny. <laughs> you and me, we're through and rearranged. <laughs> I ain't no joke. Say it once again. Say it again. Knuckles on your chin. It's fucking brilliant. I was just making myself laugh the whole way here, just singing it in my head. Incredible. Try and get Luke to look at it tomorrow. I mean, I'm not at work for a few weeks, but sure. Due to that suspension, we'll book him. <coughs> Luke does cameo. He does have a cameo. Fucking hell. They're probably quite cheap as well. They're very cheap. <laughs> I've had a look. <laughs> oh, man. I wonder. Uh, I'm going to get him to shoot on Ollie. Does Dave have a cameo? Oh, I didn't look. Oh. <laughs> book it, Dave. <laughs> well, you go for the next part. I'm going to go and have a look. So, just to say the story. Um, <laughs> Because we know we finished the pod and we just set up the Instagram of Travel Lodge Life followers on Instagram and threads. But only Dan Conroy follows us on threads currently, like one person. That's all right, what Zuckerberg wants. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I turned up to work. I was like, Dave, 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 did you see? You got a follow last night. He was like, I wonder what the fuck that was. That's on your (laughs) stupid face. And I was like, oh, thank you, Dave. (laughs) So there we go. He's aware. But he didn't follow back. Fucking scumbag. I mean, yes, with Dave Bradshaw people, it's all fine. <laughs> um, can we get a t-shirt that says, I'm a Dave Bradshaw guy, wear it to all in? I was thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're having a look. Obviously, I don't have great signaling and I haven't turned on the Wi-Fi. That's all good. Thanks. On the work phone. 
No, Dave Bradshaw isn't there, but someone called DJ Yun would do us a cameo. Close enough. <laughs> How much is her cameos? Book a personal video for $8. Well, Dave DJ, K- <laughs> DJ K. Young playing the role of Dave Bradshaw. I look forward to reaching out to you shortly. Hello, I'm Dave Bradshaw. <laughs> DJ Dave Bradshaw. Follow us on Instagram. At Travel Lodge Live. <laughs> uh, just to finish off, this video package also talks about, that's gotta be, that's gotta be. <laughs> which we do a wanking motion every time we say that just for audio listeners, <laughs> which is all of you. Um, <laughs> Apart from us. <coughs> it talks about Sean and Brett being despised enemies. Sean is the special guest referee for the title match tonight. If Brett loses, he'll never wrestle America. Blah, blah, blah. Stride X presents WF SummerSlam 1997 Heart and Soul. What is Stride X in Danhausen's blimp floating around the, uh, the rings? It's, um, it sounds like it's a gum, isn't it? Oh, uh, okay. Because I instantly just thought probably in the wrong time period, but you know, uh, contraception. Hmm. Going hard with Stridex. Yeah, I'm trying to think if it's funny if it's pronounced Stridex. Stridex. <laughs> Not really. It's just my weird brain. Yeah, yeah anyway. I don't know. I think it's, isn't it like, why am I thinking like dentures gum or some shit? Yeah, like, like a toothpaste or some shit? Yeah, but what oh. we need more, I tell you what, if Tony Khan doesn't have a blimp at all in, he's <laughs> fucking failed. Fucking A. Can we have a Goodyear blimp? Just so I can take a photo of it. Yes. Why would I take a photo of it? My name's Rich. Hello. My microphone's falling. <laughs> Hold on. Ha, the gimmick has worked. Falling microphone. Terrible setup in the podcast studio. I'll, I'll stop fiddling with it. There we go. That's, That's what, what she, she said. said. <laughs> <laughs> all right, why, uh, why is our listener base dropped? <laughs> it's actually all right. It's not too bad. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, we took like three months off and it was like, yeah, 100 people listened to the first week. I was like, fucking hey, okay, <laughs> brilliant. Well, that's just on SoundCloud. I don't even rush the things. I can never track them all, but whatever. Uh, yeah, we have no idea how many people actually listen to the pod every week. So say hello. When Followers I, at Travel Lodge Live on Instagram. Go on. Yeah, when I put down the number, what's your audience reach on social media? I was like, 400. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> It's for four million. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Here's our here's our hotel website. We get loads of bookings. Do you uh, want to do you want to put your wrestlers up in our hotel and just put them in here? <laughs> uh, music for the space view is fucking terrible. It's bad. It's weird. It's like their TV productions got really quite fun. Uh, pay for you production is a bit shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not showy as television. It's not awful, but whatever. But we have our proper SummerSlam entrance tunnel, hexagon yeah. tunnel. Banging like pyro for the yeah. entrance. The nice. in-ring pyro would just be like, oh, what? And then it cuts to the entrance ramp and it's like, it's going for fucking miles. It's great. It's awesome. Great, yeah. great intro. That's the weird King WrestleMania 13 baseball stadium type yeah. entrance thing they do nowadays for like everything. That's because more seats, more money. Yeah. No one gives a shit about staging because it just yeah. takes up seats. Absolutely. I kind of hope they don't do that for Wembley. I want like um, like a New Japan giant entrance thing. I don't think we're going to get it because they've got seats there. Yeah. So we'll see. We're almost at 80,000 tickets. Yeah. It's great. They outsell SummerSlam. 92. Fuck you, Vince. So I realize there's three SummerSlams we're talking about. And we're, <laughs> and, we're, and we're starting to get a decent card. Yeah, sure. I, I'm quite happy with it. Did you watch Collision? For last week, yes, I think so. It looks like we're going to get Punk and Joe. Yes, that's quite. It's really weird. Every spoiler card I've seen has been like Punk and Joe or JY or blah 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 or MJ. <laughs> just like, oh come yeah. on, guys. No, it's Punk jokes. No one else will work him. Right, sure. Um, I mean, that'd be quite a fun thing. We've got Adam Cole, MJF in the what I assume is the main event, but yeah, maybe. what's Kenny doing? Uh, I think it's going to be Takeshita. 
Yeah. Which I'm happy about because it'll be an incredible match. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, and there is a really good backstory there. They've not got enough time to tell that backstory, really, which is my biggest problem If at the you want to get DDT, get Dino out there. Yeah. He'll tell the story. Yeah, he's like, fuck Grado. Get Dino Dijunko. <laughs> Genuinely, if they end up with Grado and Jeff Jarrett, I'll be fucking furious. I mean... No. It's one of those things that he's been very entertaining over the years, and I loved his initial primaries when he first started and such. And so it's, it's like a reward for a guy that's done a lot of good, I think. No, no, you and don't Jeff need Jarrett to reward it, because what's it do? If yeah. he's going to do a one-off at Wembley, what's the point? Yeah, sure. That's unless, the unless you've paid, yeah. unless you've licensed Madonna. See, that's, that's what I think he's done. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's literally why he's done it. Because they went through so much shit with TNA and all that sort of stuff. And Jeff Jarrett's like, oh, please, Tony, please, just this once. Yeah, but Jeff, you could wrestle Kenny Omega on the grandest stage at the mall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Grado and Madonna. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, uh, Fink on the ring announcements tonight. Oh, yeah. He's the best. 100%. No one will ever compete. No. He's so great, man. There's a moment later which I'll talk about, but like, yeah, come on. All uh, right, we start with Big Blue Steel Cage match of Mankind versus 1997 King of the Rain Hong Tao Selmsey with China. What a great fucking match to open the show. And sensible because we're on a live pay-per-view. We've mm-hmm. got three hours. Get the cage on beforehand and then get it off and run. Don't need to have to set up and take down in your ring time. Absolutely. So genius. This is certainly a wobbly version of the Blue Cage. That's fine. That's what Big Blue always was. <laughs> I don't know. It was always this wobbly. Love this. There's moments where like Triple H trips up over the bottom of the cage because it's wobbling so much. <laughs> and he almost slips out at one point when he's like, you know, flopping on the ropes doing his pixels. Because <laughs> 97 Triple H is working his fucking tits off. And this was, again, continuing the story from last week's episode. We've got to SummerSlam with this build intact. Yeah. Got to have a cage match because one would assume China is still getting involved. This all comes that's, back that's to the, the King gimmick. of the Ring. It's, like yeah. it's designed to keep China out of the match, yeah. And always the thing that one of the big things I remember from China's career is the cage door slam near the yeah. end of this match. Fuck me. God. Okay, just, just wait. Yeah. One second, so we've got uh, really weird things going on. So Foley getting a massive face bob, but with the creepy organ music. Yeah. You're like, eh. <laughs> then they change it eventually, but it does not fucking work for this character. No, but he's, he's over. Yeah, absolutely. So he's doing the three faces of Foley thing, which they kind of buy into later into this yeah. match, but it's weird. Um, blah, blah, blah. There's this great moment where Foley comes out and he kind of goes up to the cage and kind of embraces it, gives it a little smooch. And he's like, I love your cage. It's so beautiful. <laughs> just like a lovely bit. He knew of what he was going to get to do. Sure. Um, I, this, this match is brilliantly logical. Uh, the bell rings, Triple H legs it for the door and, Triple H, and Foley has to cut him off. And like from that moment onwards, it's just like brilliant storytelling, great selling. It's not like the most athletically gifted cage match ever type thing. And having a heel manager at ringside gets over my issue always with just a plain one-on-one cage match where, yeah. the, where the face always feels he's got to climb over. Mm-hmm. So by having the heel at ringside always trying to keep yeah. the door shut, I appreciate that. And I think if anyone ever does a cage match, you need to have a heel manager if it's escape only. That's yeah. the only way you can get if out you of this. have the door specifically. Yeah. Because like AEW don't have the door, they lock it. Yeah. So you know, if, the trip, if WWE are going to have the door as an option, there has to be some reason to not just go for the door all the time. It's been a long time since it's been a cage match in WWE. Um, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I can't think of the last one. No, they probably did it in NXT. Yeah, they, they always do uh, war games and such, don't they? Yeah, That's but you're last. not supposed to escape war games. Yeah, you're allowed true. out to go out. So I was just thinking, like you said about the door, I can't remember the last time we've had a cage match where the concept is escape the cage. Yeah, no so idea. we've gone back to pinfall now, haven't we? 
Yeah, like this match is no pinfall or submission. It's just no, it's escape, cage. which is how a what a cage match should be. Yeah, I don't know. I'm of the opinion that like cage matches should be to keep the wrestlers in the ring. So if it's like you know pinfall or submission, I'm okay with that. I think. But tag team cage matches do not work, as we found out during the Invasion pay per view, yeah. where one 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 heel escapes and it's like right well the good guys are definitely going to win now uh-huh. it's a handicap match yeah it, it can work like when matt escapes the cage and jeff's left by himself so matt has to get back in to save yeah. jeff and things like that but yeah it's 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 difficult <laughs> to say the least and also cage match is terrible on computer games it's button bashing for yeah. climbing the sure. cage <laughs> uh triple h and foley uh characters work in the crowd logical storytelling the selling's fucking incredible i just can't speak highly enough for these two every week they just absolutely yeah. knock it out of the park whether it's promos vignettes matches anything set the match up beautifully yeah like sorry set the card up beautifully because again it's one of those matches where you go out the back and go follow that motherfuckers yeah, fucking a in it just so about five minutes into the match foley locks in the mandible claw china gets up on the cage and belts the fo- belt chokes foley sorry uh, and this is kind of like a reoccurring thing that every time foley starts to kind of get the advice china somehow gets involved yeah. there's one point where she just like punches him through one of the cages <laughs> That's great. what a lovely use of the blue squares yeah. in the cage and such you know great angle and again like you said from the production value they were on it with their yeah. camera guys for the whole show. Yeah, the superplex off the cage. Yeah. When the camera's on the other side of the ring, but it feels like he's underneath because he's just like lamping that camera as far in as he possibly can. Fucking cracking work. Absolutely cracking. Uh, Triple H uh, tries to escape through the door, but he doesn't. JR says like, who wants to punish mankind? It's like a really lovely heel moment where he has the match won. He could just walk out, but he's like, nah, fuck you. And start to throw Foley into the cage and beat him uh, up. Yeah, he caught himself a DHS, dumb heel syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Which makes sense for the character. Yeah. He's a vicious bastard, you know? Yeah. I think he would do this logistic logically you know uh, when it's all about the winner's purse yeah sure sure absolutely uh it does get a little bit goofy with triple h is selling you know yeah. when he's laying on the top rope like bouncing around as he's being punched and stuff like i don't hate it it's always entertaining but it's not very very serious but then in fairness i've never been hung on a cage being punched on a bouncy you know wire rope yeah sure it could be natural yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, so uh, there's the, the basically a bit where Foley goes to go out the door and Chyan grabs the cage door and slams it as hard as she fucking can <laughs> into Foley's head and it, it's just brutal it's absolutely horrible awful yeah but <laughs> really added to the match yeah because you see him get hit in the head and go ow <laughs> gonna fall back that's legitimate. He's really fucking hurt his head. And some people would go, "Oh, I hope, uh, <laughs> I hope Mick's okay." Not China. No, China was like, "I have done my job." Yeah, there's a few people who've done interviews about China and stuff in the past, and like, yeah, they're always like, "Yeah, stiff bastard." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Every single one of them. So there we go. So fairly up and over, he's almost to the floor. Fans start to chant, "Super fly, super fly!" And in the distance, a faint voice can be heard going, "That's not my hotel room." <laughs> Foley then went and stabbed someone. Returns to the ring. <laughs> yeah, fucking a. Uh, Foley does the Macho Man elbow drop off, drop off the top of the cage. It's fucking beautiful. Quick question though, go for it. 
I remember when I was young, all I wanted to do is be Jimmy Superfly Snooker and do the big splash off the cage. Yeah, yeah. Why'd you do the elbow drop then? Yeah, weird, isn't it? I mean, I can tell you why. Got safer. Yeah, fucking hundred <laughs> percent. You wouldn't want two hundred, let's say, seventy pound foley at this point. That's being nice, I think. Yeah. Falling onto you from that distance, and also Triple H was probably like, "Dude, the splash and foley got to the cage." Like, I can't jump that far. <laughs> I can reach it with my elbows though. But like the the ripping open the mankind gear, yeah, to then drop the elbow, like ripping off the mask on the outside. Yeah. I was like, what's he doing? Like, Kayfabe, yeah. brother. Yeah, he rips off some of his shirt as well, doesn't he? Yeah. And he gets up stage. And so basically, the match ends up. Um, blah, 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 blah. JR has a great call when Foley jumps off top of the cage. Good Lord, 300 pounds off the top. Like, really good call. Uh, what a fucking treat this match was, by the way. Uh, Foley up and over. China to drag Triple H towards the door. Foley lands with both feet on the floor. And then cue the creepy kid music for the yeah. victory. So Always weird. loved that though with the mankind character, the, the creepy organ start. Then the uh, the yeah. kids, the kids like um, playground playroom. I, I think as a heel, it works brilliantly. Yeah, when he's getting a big baby face pop, and they kill it by dropping this weird creepy kid music. But then, mm, indeed. So, mankind, Mick Foley is dead on the floor he's like oh i've been beaten up and all this sort of stuff and he's finally got over the cage and the music stops and you're like what's going on and you hear do love do, 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 do. and he starts to like tap his little toes <laughs> yeah. and then he starts to like you know <laughs> get up starts start to, to dance it's so funny and vince on commentary is a bit uh <laughs> iffy he goes it's dude it's dude love it's dude love dudeness is all over the place <laughs> wacky motion yeah fucking a so yeah he's spreading his dudeness all over the place gotta get that character a good run yeah i love this match yeah fantastic opener <laughs> it's, it's really weird at times but that kind of made it endearing like yeah. i really loved it like it's, it's a cracking opener i don't think they've ever had a bad match um, I'm trying to think of the ones I've seen. Yeah, they're always going to beat the shit out of each other in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a an element of trust between these two that really, really works. Triple H's best opponent ever. Uh, yes, I'd say so. Yeah, absolutely. Because everyone goes, "Oh, what about Triple H versus The Rock?" That was Triple H versus The Rock, and it was the same match every single time. Yeah, everything partly because it's the three faces of Foley, but they made sure every match was different. These guys, yeah, and it's it's not just the matches. There's moments in there as well, yeah, which are really beautiful. Like you know when they announced the Cactus Jack thing, and Triple H is like, <gasps> "He's gonna fucking kill me!" Doing the big sell in yeah. the ring with China and everything. There's there's a few moments, and then obviously all the promos that have led up to this as well. It's great storytelling. Yeah. Triple H's best opponent. Yeah, I can't think of down. anything like that with Triple H and Rock, which really goes to that capacity and oh, that level. Triple H versus Scott Steiner with a pose off. So Stein was his best <laughs> opponent. I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no way out. <coughs> Todd Pessingel is here. Hey! And his purple tuxedo. Yes, Todd Pettingill. Ooh. His last ever appearance in WWE this show. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a shame because it's a hell of an appearance though. At least what he way left, to go He out. left the organization at the age of 31. So he's 31 on this show and he nice. left. Cool. Did he voluntarily leave? or? I think he just went off and did other things. I think oh. he's still... Uh, at least a few years ago was doing like radio shows in new york still cool 
So, yeah. didn't, didn't he do a segment on... He came Andy? back for In Your House. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. So he has Governor Christy Todd Whitman with him. <laughs> Why is she with Gorilla Monsoon and the Headbangers? It's so funny because she's the basically. Could you want to explain this? Do you know the ins and outs? Yeah. So the governor had been wanting to bring more entertainment and more investment into the East Rutherford area. Yeah. But touring sports would have to pay significant taxes on their ticket sales, on their essentially everything to do with the event. So it wasn't actually profitable to run the show. And this is why WWE haven't been there for eight yeah, years. Yeah, so they've not been there for eight okay, years. Right. So she decided that she wanted to make a big push to get sort of more entertainment, more sports coming to the to the city. And they showed loads of newspaper clippings of she slams tax in East Rutherford. She buries <laughs> the tax man. And there's a picture of uh, the Undertaker standing next to her holding a gravestone that says R.I.P. Taxes. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, a, that was fucking provocation. <laughs> and I'm going to whip his ass at another Travelodge Live event. You can come here with your Texan motorcycle helmets. I don't care. <laughs> Me, Mark Calloway, is fucking going down. But back to 1997. Mm. So she came out with Mosh and Thrasher, who are local boys. Yeah, sure. And Gorilla Monsoon, who is also there. I didn't know if he was a local boy or not. I didn't think so. No, no. But the whole idea is they bring her out to thank her for Vince making a profit on this event. And Vince McMahon obviously hedging his bets. She could be a future president who would therefore (laughs) give me so many tax events and tax breaks and get off the sterile trial. And they then present Gorilla Bronson then (coughs) presented her with the WWF championship, the winged eagle, Mm. to say... I couldn't believe it. I was like, I want one of those, please. That was actually the taker's belt. They use it as a prop for, oh, really? <laughs> for the event, listening to sort of Bruce Pritchard oh, sort of talk about it. Yeah, sure. And yeah, so it was that It belt. looked like the real thing, yeah. the leather bent and such. And usually those prop ones, like the actual like yeah. toy ones, don't do that. Because they didn't have re- they didn't have replica titles back in 1997, oh, did they? So, so they, she's WF champion. She, exactly. <laughs> and then they asked her. She got awarded the belt by the commissioner, Gorilla Mod 2. <laughs> exactly. Undertaker's been stripped of the title again. <laughs> but then they went on to say, you know, will you... Fight it, you know. We continue fighting for the taxes. You know, I'll continue to fight for the good people of East Rutherford, New Jersey. Entertainment tax, mm. your alter ego. <laughs> I'm always entertaining. Yes. You wait till you see the Travelers Live version of Tax Williams. <laughs> Fuck me. You thought the accounts were bad. You thought the gold lion was bad. I've just realized there's like 20 jokes about teabagging because <laughs> we're doing a teabag joke. That's literally the whole purpose of the match. <laughs> I've got it. Sorry, I'm a bit sorry. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That but yeah, and then they raised her, raised her hands. She had the belt. They did some shaky hands. Mm. The crowd turned. You know, she gave a little bit of a face pop as she finished. Yeah, for a woman that's basically meant that there's there's now uh, available to have a WF show in their town that all these people are paid to come see. They boo the shit out of her for entering the building, and it's yeah. kind of like. Isn't she responsible for you guys being here tonight? Isn't that a thing? Like- and, and by the end of it, and then Mosh and Thrasher trying to raise her hands, and she's like, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the WWF champion now. Yeah. Fuck off back to the tax, divi- tax, divi- the tax division. <laughs> the tax division. They muck around with Todd Pettengill a little bit, and you can see that they are wanked. And Todd's yeah. like, do not come near me. <laughs> Leave me alone. It's my last fucking day. Uh, at the end of this segment, King asks if Mrs. Governor can help him with an audit. Like, cause we're like ah, I wonder if she can help me with an order. She's so good at getting rid of entertainment taxes. And then Vince tells us that he has suspicions about Lawler. Yes, Vince. <laughs> we all have suspicions. Suspicions about Lawler. So our second match of the evening. Second? 
Second, yeah. Our second match of the evening <laughs> is Brian Pillman versus Goldust with Marlena. Fucking another cracking setup. Like, yeah. yeah. These two, the whole thing is that pre-match, JR tells us that Pillman is going to be wearing a dress if he loses this match. We get a slight look at Tiger Jeet Singh and Tiger Ali Singer in the crowd. Yeah. It didn't really work out over the years, but you know. But they built him up as a huge deal in 97. Look, yeah. we've got Tiger Ali Singh. He's going to be a huge deal for us in WWE. They've given him the big entrance treatment mm-hmm. but again 1997 ha if you lose a match you've got to, got to wear a dress yeah. <laughs> androgynous <laughs> and and dressing and dressiness yeah yeah where's pillman's gun yeah yeah there's also god they, they really don't necessarily care so much about this match because they're like oh here's tiger jeet singh and tiger raleigh singh oh put away we have these beach party things as well <laughs> they're just like insert 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 just like yeah. random shit that they were doing pre-event like out in the parking lot or whatever but this yeah. is this is like just monday night raw fodder yeah sure so this Absolutely. is again yeah this is definitely the let me down match after a cage match yeah it has you know on their day when they are coherent fantastic match yeah but we got what we got which is passable so Goldust makes this fucking killer entrance I know I say it every week but it's just so cool even with this guy who's not necessarily all there at this time it's really cool uh, there's a mannequin at ringside with a gold dress ready for Pillman mm. but I couldn't help but notice Goldust is painted up you know he's doing the painting shit on his face yeah. he's still going but he's painted like a harlequin so he'll be getting no train penalties until it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes Ah, I get my shit. Uh, Pillman <laughs> gets a pre-taped shout as he's making his entrance. Um, Goldie is going to have to wine and dine me. Pillman, oh, sorry, going to have to wine and dine Pillman to get him in the dress this evening. Ding, ding, ding. Pillman goes after Goldust Eyes. <laughs> You're like, that's a hell of a yield star. But, I mean, but that's what you need. Yeah, Pillman's fucking great, man. Can't see your opponent, can't win the match. Sure, what a great wild card heel douchebag thing to do ring the bell ah your fucking eyes <laughs> and from a uniqueness when was the last time you saw a wrestler in a match take someone's eyes out hmm sure off the bell and for the record Conroy so you can't see the fucking tea bags <laughs> I'm taking your fucking eyes out at the start of the match Goldie no sells an atomic drop and gives a big old snog to Pillman putting gold all over his face so androgynous. I love it when I get gold all over my face. Paul <laughs> are talking about how special is Goldust's daughter. She's such a special little lady. Oh, she's special. She's got school in the morning. And you're like, guys, can we please stop? It's getting so creepy. Fucking hell, man. They can't stop. All I'll say, there's something creepy on modern television this week. And you'll see it. <laughs> it's oh. really weird. Which, which company? AEW. Okay, all right. Um, Dynamite. Watch it later and message me. You'll thank me later. Is this something you can spoil for the pod? Uh, no. Okay, interesting. No, because <laughs> I just, as you haven't watched it, as you haven't watched it, I want it to be a surprise for you because sure. it's funny. Followers of Travel Lodge Live on Instagram for my reaction. Because <laughs> it's funny, but yeah. just the way it's pitched, the first thing I was like, because I had it, um, I was watching it on my phone there and was like typing away at work. And then sure. all of a sudden I heard what it's in. I was like, what, what, what? What did you just say? Okay. And um, before I forget, the thing you text me about the coffin, is that yeah. main event fodder? Near, near main event fodder. Okay. I, I don't know which bit you're talking about. The lucky prize draw. Oh, 
That. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was, now I realize what you're saying. Sorry, I did not put two and two together for some reason. My brain is very strange sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> Botch Sunset flipped by Gold Dust? Question mark. Uh, Pillman is in position to be felched by Gold Dust. <laughs> Uh, Pillman eventually wriggles his way, way over to the ropes in what feels like a fucking lifetime. They are going with the wrestling mentality. If you think you're going slow, slow down. Because you're probably going too fast. Not these boys. Because <laughs> they botch it and he's just like sitting on Gold Dust's face being like, yep, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get gold on my tights. It's like he's waiting for Gold Dust to let go, but Gold Dust will just not let go. He's like, this is the finish. We've got to keep going. He's androgynous. Of course, he's not going to let go. Yeah. Oh, he's having a great time. Uh, it feels like a fucking lifetime. Eventually, Pillman makes his way to the ropes. Marlena hits him with the thing. Weighted handbag, I'm going with. I mean, it's definitely gimmicked. Yeah, I was going bum bag, but that's really your shtick, you know? I can't wait to bring back all the gimmicks. <laughs> Uh, she smacks Pillman in the face with the handbag Goldust finally completes the sunset flip after like about 10 minutes for the one, two, three, and the winner is Goldust Pillman's got to wear a dress mm. as his mental state continues to deteriorate over yeah. the next few weeks of war and I, we've now got this as the continuation essentially of Canadian Stampede because everyone's partnered off yeah, sure. from that main event so we've now got the continuation again progressive storytelling four on four yeah 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 cool uh, i really love pillman getting angry post-match and like smashing the dress and tearing up and yeah. having a bit of a fit it's really great acting because 1997 really men can't wear dresses factual <laughs> <laughs> next up the godwins of henry o godwin and phineas l i godwin i can't remember don't go messing with the country. Hang on a minute. They don't That's have the not music. their music. Yeah, they're, they're, so, they're about their. <laughs> it's like their music. You know? Is it? This is post Southern Justice Return of um, um, uh, Godwins because this is before Dennis Knight turns into uh, Goth Boy with an eyeball. That is factual. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, versus the Legion of Doom. Robot oh, Robot. what a scrap. <laughs> So they replay uh, the doomsday that broke Henry Godwin's neck because it's a really brutal one. It happened on Raw like a month The ago. LOD? Mm. Not doing the doomsday device safely. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> not with Animal just throwing his legs back and just hoping for the best. It's nasty. They're bullies. Yeah, yeah, they really are. This fucking match is a perfect example. Yeah. They give them fucking nothing. But in fairness to the Godwins, they fucking hit back. Yeah, fucking A. But what I noticed in this match is Animal and Hawk, Mm. they have a good tanning regime. The Godwins, not so much. (laughs) Yes, true. Absolutely. I'm not sure the Godwins really see the inside of a gym either. They're just like big athletic... Hefty boys, yeah. you know. The LOD was so tanned they could have uh, joined Farukip. <laughs> <sighs> Not quite the Road Warrior pop. No. Hmm. Interesting. Because this is New Jersey, it's quite a good northeastern crowd, yeah. and they're up for it. Yeah. What a rush! And they kind of go, ah, cool. And that's the sign of the times, isn't it? It really is. It's, it's strange to me. They're still over, but it, it becomes... It does feel like a nostalgia pop. If that. Yeah. They're mm. on their way. Mm. 
So, JR tells us the first SummerSlam match for the LOD since 1992. Wembley! Wembley! It's a weird statistic because, like, they wrestled lots of other matches, but just not at SummerSlam, so we're going to make a point of it. It's busy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lawler goes, Phineas got his neck broken. Or Henry. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, yeah, exactly. Fucking A. Country boy racist. (laughs) Yeah. Vincent Lawler arguing over the neck break was an accident or not. It's really weird. Is the LOD just smashed the fuck out of the Godwins? Like, they give them absolutely fucking nothing. There's 10 minutes of shine, two minutes of heat. Hawk makes the gold dust look stupid just by moving out of the way. <laughs> uh, it's, like, fucking embarrassing. And after beating up both of the Godwins, pretty much at his will, then does a tag to Animal, who comes in and does the same fucking shit with no pop, no heat, nothing. No. This is just so awkward. The LODs don't give them anything. There's a long bear hug spot where Midian and Animal are just like, and Animal's like, you fucking hit me. I will hit you back harder. (laughs) Uh, Animal tepid tag to Hawk. Really weird seeing Hawk get the hot tag. It didn't work. No, it's such a strange match for the LAD. They know what works. Fucking do it. The Godwins were looking at it going, don't want to have this match. Yeah, fucking A. It seems like they just just, just hate each other. Yeah. They legitimately hate each other. It's not not a good pairing. Uh, Midian saves Henry from another doomsday because fuck taking that again. The LOD instead do a spike pile driver, which doesn't look much safer, to be fair. <laughs> another one, two, three. Uh, the LOD gave oh, Goblins absolutely fucking nothing and didn't even put them over. LOD tried to break a guy's neck again. What baby faces? Well, we hate those country boys, those farmers who provide us with crops and good food. Yeah, sure. And livestock for our animals to These- eat dastardly hills who had their neck broken taking a move and in a loss remember god damn it where where's the doll that paul lettering had that's all i'm asking <laughs> that's what makes you a baby face carrying around a puppet yeah. weird really weird match only on the card because they had a storyline from raw there's no yeah. build to this they did because the lod were part of canadian stampede so guess- they're not still with with um with the heart foundation so they've yeah. got to have something to do mm-hmm. And uh, break uh, the Godwins' necks. That's what they do. And to be fair, Road Warrior Ahmed is now, you know. Can't wait. <laughs> in between almost every match, we get some bullshit fan interaction. You know, there's this fucking hilarious VT thing they keep doing where they're like, look, it's New Jersey. New York's over there. There's <laughs> <laughs> the camera pants to the Empire State or whatever. Exactly. Here's the Empire State building here and the. <laughs> The silhouette of uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Yeah, Don't come here. Go to New York. <laughs> so um, we get introduced to Todd Pettengill. Yay! With, this is the best segment of the whole show. 100%. With 12-year-old Ryan Chaddick. From the- <laughs> Chaddick. <laughs> What's Chaddick? He's 12. Careful. Lawless <laughs> here. It's fine. <laughs> from Liverpool. Boo. New York. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's here with Todd Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, yep yeah. uh, and Todd so he's next yeah uh, yeah this this kid's with Sable mainly he's a very lucky Pettingil boy Pettingill has the best line and I hope you've got it down I've got it if not I've got a few but like, you might want to yeah just in case uh, and Patrick Stevenson who uh, is almost endlessly being touched up by Sonny who's also here it's 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 weird He's having a lovely time. Oh, he's almost to the point of embarrassment. His wife is not happy. Yeah, sure. He's like, this is okay backstage, but like, there's a camera. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I know what you do backstage, Sonny. It's okay. Yeah, please, Sonny, be professional. <laughs> Can we book her for Travel Lodge? No. I think based I, on the We rap could shit. probably go to her. I don't think she can come to us. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I'm just looking at our... Because um, obviously we don't want to have people complain about our events and who we're booking because I haven't got time for that shit. Yeah. So obviously we can't book David Starr. We can't book Ian Watkins from Lost Profits. Oh, yeah. It's going to very dark, Tax. <laughs> we sure want to go down this route. We I did, you do say you're not going to book him. Right? Yeah, exactly. We can't book Matt Terry. <laughs> but we can book... you already booked Matt Terry. Well, no, subject to legal. <coughs> but we can. What's my hairdresser make gonna do? <laughs> but we can book Ian Watkins from Steps. We can book that one. Yes, indeed. Who is he, is he into wrestling? Doesn't matter. <laughs> On socials, if you would like to wrestle Ian H Watkins from Steps, let us know. On the Travelodge Live Instagram or Threads, sure, where we yeah. operate all of our social platforms, and I heard TikTok now you can monetize your videos on TikTok, and people can buy stuff through TikTok. Yeah, you say that it's, it's not very profitable, but yes, go on. I don't know what a TikTok is, so I'm very old. Cool, but that's where we'll sell tickets. Or as I said on Twitter, X. Sorry, as I said on X when uh-huh. I did an X earlier. Yeah, you get free tickets Travelodge Live with every breakfast, but not the vegan option because we're not okay. fucking ponces. Oh, no. We're not pussies. <laughs> and we want you to eat a good meal before coming to Travelodge Live. Yeah, yeah, sure. Gotta got to get that meat down you if you're going to come to Travelodge. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, said Ian Watkins. So, so, God, can you describe this? So, it's like a WF logo board thing. Yep. With sticky notes on it. No, with keys. But the, st- the sticky notes have keys underneath them. No, the keys are in a em- little envelope. Okay, the so envelopes. the okay. story behind this: there's a million pounds, sorry, a million dollar. Because you know, at that time, it would only be half a million pounds, so sure. you know, not worth it, not worth my time or money. But in the US, in Eve Rutherford, yeah, a yeah. million dollar giveaway. Not McMahon's millions. <laughs> Paul, my leg <laughs> feels very similar at times. <laughs> as you said, there's a WWF logo. We've got little yellow envelopes, all numbered one to one hundred, on there. Todd Pettigill is the Marshal of Ceremonies. We've got two competition winners who've entered clues and they've got all the clues right and they're invited out. We've had VT in the night to show us these guys getting here. But of course, before, these guys, these guys get to pick their keys first. One picks number 53, one picks right. 13, or 44, and one picks 13. Yeah, sure. And then the best part of live TV comes in. We're going to phone some fans. <laughs> So Todd Pettengill has Sonny holding the numbers. There's also a chap on stage who is the official adjudicator because it all had to be legit. They had to have this man on stage. Mm. Yeah, They couldn't pre-call anyone to make sure they'd be home because of the benefit of it being a live draw. So they couldn't do it because it would have looked rigged right. if they had anyone there. So all of this is live and had to happen in this way. They couldn't pre-rehearse it. So Sonny's standing there with the numbers. Todd Pettengill staring at her tits rather than numbers. Keeps mm-hmm. misdialing. The first number, Todd keeps going, can you put the paper down? Can you put the paper down? Just so we can look at Sonny's tits. Yeah. And Sable's tits, whichever one it is. And he dials the number and Mm. it rings. Vince McMahon having the best time that nobody answers because he's like, one less person to win my money. So the first lad doesn't pick up. The second person, it goes, beep, boop, boop. This number has been disconnected. (laughs) This number, you have reached 01057. (laughs) (laughs) Can you hear Vince on commentary going, ha, 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 ha. But then the next one comes along and he picks up the phone and says, are you watching SummerSlam? And he goes, no, my my cable provider doesn't carry it. And Todd Pettigrew ever says, well, you need to go to a neighbor's house and watch and watch SummerSlam. It's so amazing. It's but then he asks so the man good. to pick a, pick a key. Mm. And then Sable takes the key. 
she jams it slowly but seductively into the lock. There's three tits jokes before they do this, but yes, go on. <laughs> she grips it. She turns it gently, but mm. caresses it. But sadly, it doesn't go off. It doesn't fucking open, does it? <laughs> fucking androgynous key. <laughs> they then phone another person who's a nice yep. lady. Yep. She, ladies don't watch wrestling in the 90s. What's going on? <laughs> Very effeminate male picks up the phone. <laughs> Did you notice how Todd didn't ask this one whether she was watching or not? <laughs> no, sensible boy. <laughs> um, and then she picks a key and it does not unlock again. Mm. But that's okay, because now we move on to our live in-person contestants. They switch over. So now Sable is standing there waiting. The boy who picked number 44, he takes his key out. He walks over. He puts it in the lock. He doesn't open. He starts to cry. Sable, straight away realizing there's a problem, grabs him. His head is the perfect boob height. Goes in, and then Todd Pettigrew says... You won't realize it now, but what you just had there is worth more than a million dollars. That kid's face. Yeah. Like, tits. Yes, tits. That's great. And then uh, the man that Sonny is molesting, mm. who picked key number 13. She is proper at this point, just like hands deep down his pants. Like he's having a good time, but also a bit of a weird one. He's been like, I better not win. I need this money for libel. Mm. Yeah, fuck it. So do. he opens up his key, puts it in the lock. Sonny's still wanking him off as it doesn't open. And it doesn't open. No one wins. And then Todd Pettigrew says that, oh, Mr. Man, who's the adjudicator. And he goes, key number three. Sable, can you check it opens? Opens the key. A million dollars is in there. However, you notice how there's an awful lot of money in there. Mm. Do you want to know why? They got a box that was too big for the stage. And if they put in like 50s or $100 bills, it would have not been that amount of money. So they had to put... $1 $1 bills in for all of that. So there was a million $1 bills Holy in that shit. box. Because no again, it had to be real money because it had to be a legit giveaway. Right, okay. I love the segment where they show you which key it actually was and be like, ha 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 ha, fuck you. Vince McMahon <laughs> again, anything. <laughs> loving it. It's like, such, no one's a millionaire, such just a me. dick move. <laughs> like, Loved it. So mean. But this segment ran about 23 <laughs> minutes in a pay-per-view. Yeah, I was going to say that this is one of those things that like I was talking about. It feels like, you know, four or five minutes. No, no, no. It's like 25 minutes of like fucking up. No one's picking up the phone. This person isn't watching the show. So bad. It's fucking hilarious. And the whole time you've got Sable and Sonny to be like, all right, Todd, here are my tits. Hello, little boy. Tits. (laughs) This is like perfect 1997. But even the the on stage tension between Sonny and Sable. Oh, like, yeah. Try, They're trying on to step in front of the people, you know? Trying They're to step in front near. of each other to get uh-huh. on the camera, to get their yeah. camera time. It's a lot of Sonny going, get out of my way, bitch. And Sable going, I'm over. Fuck you. <laughs> like, without I can wrestle. Yeah, legit. Fucking amazing, man. But so far, we've had a brilliant cage match. Yeah. And a couple of hurty matches. Yes. We've had a million dollar giveaway that no one's won. <laughs> Such a good fucking SummerSlam. It's, it's, it's out there. Yeah. It's so good. This is why I had to stop watching for the first session. I was like, I need a bit of a break. <laughs> that segment was a bit long. <laughs> Loved every minute of it. We come back. Vince, last week from Raw. What, what, he just really he phrases this really weirdly. He says, last week when Raw was war. <laughs> now it's peace. Yeah, exactly. It involves dog food. Bulldog and Shamrock arm wrestling on Raw. Uh, Bulldog chair shots to Kenny. Uh, Bulldog smothers Shamrock in canned dog food. Mm, Yummy. 
which leads to this. Our Euro EU Championship match of the <laughs> British Bulldog, the champion, versus Ken Shamrock. Uh, they talk about one night, one night only at the NEC in Birmingham. Yay! It's coming up, which we're going to cover. Uh, it will be Sean versus Bulldog for the EU belt. But Kenny might win tonight. <laughs> It's so funny. No, 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 no. Why would you show it right before the match? Card subject to change. It legitimately is. As, so as is seen at every good wrestling promotion, Fred yeah. Osman Tugboat may not appear. Card oh, subject to change. I, I love that Shamrock does his entrance. He's got red ring rope, uh, red robe, sorry, red trunks, red knee pads. He looks like a wrestler. Now. Yeah. Not just the weird MMA guy that's been hanging around. He's still got the MMA gloves for the reference, which I quite, yeah. I'm fine with. Fits it. Uh, they seem like padded out. So when he does stiff people, they're a bit, le- bit less, you know, because <laughs> yeah. he's a stiff gun. But like the music, the presentation, he slides in the ring and immediately starts brawling with fucking Bulldog. It's great. Really like tough. I'm going to fight you because you've covered me in dog food. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so as a raw product, like only really what, like six, seven months in? Yeah. I think Shamrock has tons of potential here. Mania 13 was when he came in because he was a referee for Austin Hart, yeah, wasn't he? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So what are we into? We're into, oh God, I said- We're in August now. Yeah, I was going to say. So we've had our little uh, tete-a-tete with Billy Gunn. Yeah, sure. And now, kind of a nothing nothing really. Yeah, but it, it gets him established as a, yeah. a tough dominant guy. Now they've picked his first feud of Bulldog to go, can this work? Can uh, you get Bulldog for a match? Absolutely, man. So uh, Bulldog, uh, because he's working with a bit of a stiff card, loves a chin lock in this match. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Bulldog do this many chin locks ever. I don't know whether he's just really high this evening. Or whether he's just like, I don't want this guy to keep punching me. This is horrible. Yeah, all the rest holds. Yeah. It's, it's less spotch and botch and more like stiff shots and botch. Yeah. It's very botchy. It wasn't the best outing for Ken Shamrock. No. You can see it's there, but it's not quite yet. The fact that they all revolved around a tin of dog food. Yeah. I think that's your first like real singles feud and it's to do with pet food. Yeah. But I tell you what though, identifying Shamrock as stiff as fuck Stiff as fuck with a tin of dog food. Poor, poor Davy boy. <laughs> My God. Fucking A. So basically we get to the finish. Uh, Kenny has a busted lip and his trunks are right up there. Uh, so Bulldog locks in another chin lock because he's like, I've had enough. Uh, they back on the outside. Shamrock takes a handful of dog food to the face from Bulldog. Shamrock snaps. It's the first time yeah. we've really seen this thing that Kenny does, you know, <laughs> where he does ten- tensing and shouting. Rah! And he takes the fucking can of dog food, bosh, over the back of Bulldog. He stiffs the fuck out of him. Like bruises the daylights out of him. Yeah, you can see Bulldog going, oh, really? <laughs> but on the um, on the uh, Something to Wrestle podcast, yeah. when they were talking about this match with like part of their Ken Shamrock episodes, like how was Bulldog backstage? And uh, Pritchard did a really bad, you know, Birmingham impression for his accent. But he's like, he was quite swollen. Oh, I imagine, yeah, because he's got a fucking can of dog food smacked over the back of your head. Work, work smart, not hard, brother. Sure, I think the idea was that Davey empties out the can to do the spot with Kenny, but he's probably just taking a little bit off the top to be like, "But well, I'm not going to smother the guy." Am well, exactly. I? <laughs> he's an MMA superstar. I'm not going to cover him in dog food again. Yeah, and Kenny's like, "Fuck you!" And you're winner by disqualification. The British Bulldog <laughs> keeps the EU strapped before heading back to the Birmingham NEC. Fucking a! What a strange match because it's like you can see. Like what they're trying to do and 
Bulldog seems like a great guy for Kenny to work with. He's experienced. He probably carry him through it, which he kind of does. But there's like there's a spot on the outside where Bulldog goes to suplex him and Kenny just falls forward. And it could potentially be very dangerous, yeah. you know? Like he's not quite there yet. But No. But then after the match, Kenny's snapped. Bulldog gets taken out. Agents, referees get taken out. Tim White jumps out of the ring so he doesn't have to go anywhere near Ken Shamrock. Yeah, the refs are just in there like trying to pull Shamrock off. And they just can't do it. And they said, Sonny, you normally do this backstage. How does this work? <laughs> um, he is completely committed to spooning Bulldog. He will yeah. not let go of that choke. I love the JR on commentary. He's like, you may think that's a sleeper, but that's a chokehold. Look where his forearm is. Classic. Really yeah. nice. Like Gorilla Monsoon. Like, you know, he's getting the little oblongata stuck in his neck or whatever. <laughs> the commentary hasn't been that annoying. No, very, very um, straightforward. It's, it's funny because you have the segment with the money and everything where Vince is just trying to cover and fill. Yeah. And, you know, they have the androgynous part and they have the dog food part. And it's just like... It could be really annoying, but they're actually quite good. I think the thing that drew me about this when I went back through my notes, I was like, I haven't had to say anything bad about commentary. Yeah, weird. There's there's good calls, like, like you've said. There's a brilliant Vince moment shortly where Vince can't count. What are you talking about? In the, When we get into the tag, okay. the faction war. You have to catch out. Yeah, I don't think I know what you're talking about. Um, so basically, Shamrock has this choke on Bulldog for what? Three, four minutes? Rest hold, brother. <laughs> so Bulldog's dead? Yeah, he chokes him out. <laughs> we definitely don't see him later, even though we do. Hmm. Eight guys eventually managed to pull Kenny off. Sunny special. <laughs> Kenny finally lets go and everyone gets to belly to belly for their troubles. Crowd are absolutely fucking loving it. If you think about it, this probably, like in years past, would have been a heel turn. Yeah. But no, not in 97. You're beating up authority figures. You've lost your shit. You've twatted someone in the face with a tin of dog food. Yeah, a beloved hero from years past. You're a baby face. He's a baby face, yeah. Five years ago, he was headlining SummerSlam at Wembley. Yeah. At this stage. I ain't no joke. (laughs) It's very much that just... Actually, there is a really weird time. Yeah. Yeah. But they're trying to build new stars. Yeah. Ahmed Johnson is later... Um, Ken Shamrock, new star. We've not seen him before. Brian yeah. Pillman, we're trying to elevate him as a new star. Okay. Even like fucking um, Owen and like, you know, there's a few other people. Austin. Yeah. Fucking Austin. Holy shit, man. I mean, this card, they weren't dicking about. These are names now. Yeah, absolutely. We don't have a Pierre Lafotte. Speaking of which, Todd Peddingale. Hey! <laughs> it's backstage with Shawn Michaels <laughs> is where I was going. Uh, there is nothing between Shawn and Brett. It was settled at WrestleMania 12. Okay, Sean. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Not WrestleMania 13. Or when you kicked him yeah. in a wheelchair. He's like, WrestleMania 12, I beat that cunt. <laughs> it's done. Fuck yeah. him. Don't need to wrestle him again. Yeah, no, no more problems. We haven't had anything. We haven't had a fight. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. I beat him in WrestleMania 12, remember? This hole in my hair? He did beat uh, me at WrestleMania 13. <laughs> undefeated at Mania against Bret Hart. Yeah. Sean is going to cool it down the middle. Um, <coughs> nothing will uh, get let me say that again nothing will get past the keen eye of the ref Shawn Michaels there you go he definitely has eyeballs he doesn't look high this week because he doesn't have to work yeah I guess his pay-per-view he's actually turned up and he's like oh I'm in the main event I'm in the main event I'm gonna get main event money yeah. I'm the key storyline in the main event yeah it's all about me yeah usually an unprofessional cunt but like this is quite a good promo yeah it's amazing what happens when you don't have to work and get paid for it. 
commentators to camera. Vince tells us there will be a new commissioner announced tomorrow night on Raw. Ooh. Ooh. We'll probably get to that. Are we covering next week's Raw? I don't know what's yeah, next week's we'll look at the schedule. schedule. That's fine. Eight-man tag team match. We've been looking forward to this. Go on. It's not. Okay, go on. Because Vince McMahon says, and now we've got a 10-man tag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Of 10 people. <laughs> Hey, uh, Disciples of Apocalypse, April, Chains, Crush, and Skull. That's a really weird fra- way to phrase that. April, Skull, Chains, and Crush. There you go. That's the leader of the DOA. Versus Los Briquas of... Well, okay, I'm going to try and get this right. Jesus Castillo. Jesus Castillo, the classic. Jose Estrada. Yeah. Miguel Perez. And Savio Vega. Savio <laughs> <laughs> Vega. Who is just signed for West Ham. Yeah, sure. So this pre-tape is god-tier funny, so I'm going to play it here. Yes. <laughs> Faction Warfare was born into the World Wrestling Federation with one defining incident. Savio Vega, that's what. You remember this. As hot as the jalapeno pepper is, your ass is fired as of today. Well, Crush, you can join your place, take your place in the unemployment line. Fire. You're fired. You can't fire me, sir. After being fired, Crush formed the Disciples of Apocalypse. This is a real brotherhood. We live together. We ride together. And guess what else we do, big man? We damn sure fight together. All of the fight is on. It's man just beat the hell out of each other. Former Nation member Savio Vega founded Los Bariques and acts as their leader. But what will happen when all four members of Los Bariques and all four members of the DOA compete against each other? Their history offers insight. That lowrider before Eddie even had them. Yeah, fucking A, yeah. I mean, where. God, this story. Okay, so. Uh, Savio and Crusher in the nation. Uh, Ahmed goes, jalapeno peppers, you're not the nation anymore. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, the nation's fallen apart. Uh, Crush has formed the DOA. He, he says, they're a real brotherhood. They live together. They ride together. They sleep together. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I want to record that again. We're live. <laughs> Maybe not the last one. Uh, but they fight together. So, let's um, talk about this. So, Crush, Okay, what? Shaka bra. <laughs> yeah. Hawaiian cool guy crush. Yep. Then he was kind of like, oh, well, we forgot. Um, Macho Man evil bad boy crush. Yes. We've also got Demolition Crush. Yes. Also, okay. yeah, before before Hawaiian Crush. So Demolition Crush, Hawaiian yeah, Crush. Like SM Crush, you know? Uh, Orc, Orc War Boy Crush. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then he's developed into... Penis on his face, Nation of Domination crush. Yeah, so like, I'm going to say Samoan because of the Samoa Joe thing. Yeah, he's got yeah. a dick on his face. He's basically pretending to be Samoan, right? See, most people, like or the Usos or Roman Reigns or The Rock, they get their yeah. tribal tattoos on their chest or oh, no, their no. arm. That's not the real way to do but it. But Crush <laughs> fell asleep and they tattooed his the dick on his face. Yeah, sure, the Samoa Joe dick on his face. Yeah. But you know what I found interesting? God. I didn't know tattoo removal was so good in 1997 because that dick disappeared. disappeared. It's gone. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> so, Black Power Movement Samoan Crush, Samoan Crush is now a Nazi. <laughs> no, 
He's a motorcycle enthusiast. Oh. With racists. Yeah, it hangs out with guys with like swastikas and SS tattoos, right? Yeah, the yeah. Harris boys. And mini fake Undertaker. We are the nation. It's, it's an interesting story. <laughs> it's very much, hey, Crush, we need some big, tall boys to go with you. Who do you want to uh, come on the road with you? Hey, uh, Mark Calloway, who are you friends with? Yeah. You know what's really funny? You know who doesn't take any shit? You know who doesn't like video games and just like healthy living? Get the Harris boys in here. We can't call them the Harris boys, though. <laughs> Eight Ball and Skull. Yeah, sure. Which I'm pretty sure were the names of the two goofs in Power Rangers at <laughs> the high oh, school. Really? Eight Ball and Skull. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no, it's cool. But yeah, it's this um, character development. However, <coughs> some videos you know, makes more sense, but go on. Well, sorry. I was going to say, yeah. the DOA's presentation yeah. is much better. It's like, here are four really big guys. We're all wearing biker gear. Yeah. And here come Puerto Rican Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Their outfit choice. <laughs> white trousers. Cool. I said it about oh. Johnny Burrell in Razorlight, who's a yeah. cunt because he wears white trousers. <laughs> Factual. But also, now... Also, know a few people that know him. Actual cunt. Apparently. Oh, yeah. Johnny Burrell's a prick. Yeah, sure. Was he in that little Camden scene you were a part yeah. of? Yeah. Okay, so you've actually met him. Oh, he's a cunt. So you know he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, but hey, they're headlining a festival in Kent, so he's done really well for himself. Great. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I always refer to them as not the Libertines, you know? <laughs> I refer to them as Razor Shite. At a Reading that's, Festival one year, I stand great. next to my friend, Say, and he yeah. was like, it's shit, innit? I was like, yeah. He said, like, should we go back to our tents? I was like, it's eight o'clock. And he was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, fucking I was like, energized. great shout, Say. Let's go yeah. back to our tents. Sure. So, uh, 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 only in America, fucking razor shite. <laughs> the Bariquas. We've got white trousers, white boots. White boots. No, no. White trousers, black belts, black shoes. Ah, cool. Um, white tops, but with the Puerto Rican flag on them. Oh, see, I thought they... Oh, no, because it was in the video where they were white trousers and they had the blue vesties on where they were Backstreet Boys. Yeah, they've gone all Lucha Whites for this yeah, one. Yeah, sorry, yeah. My <laughs> but mistake. they've all got, like, boat, uh, straw hats on with a little blue thing around them. Apart from Savio, who's got a dude rag, because, you know, he's Leader. got history. <laughs> he's got history. <laughs> he's transitioning. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the Anchorman <laughs> thing Ch- Channel 7 News remember when all the TV news crews at the end of Anchorman get oh, together yeah, sure. this is what this was oh, Mot- yeah. motorcycle racist news don't worry about Puerto Rican news <laughs> I've waited for 16 episodes to say this race war <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not convinced Savio and Crush were ever really into the cause you know as soon as they fired PG-13, <laughs> yeah, that's when they were yeah. like, my interest in this group. I was just a so fan of rap. Started. Yeah, yeah, fucking A. So when we can no longer bum rush our mothers, yeah. we're not interested. Fucking A. Uh, this is the point when Nandy bought me dinner, so I've got less notes, but I'll just carry on. Uh, <laughs> Lucha Whites and Puerto Rico, blah, 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 I'll blah. be honest, your notes of this match mean nothing other than chains, forgot what he was doing, got stuck in Groundhog Day, run rope, elbow, run rope, elbow, yeah, run rope, elbow. Did it like five times and yeah. then JR went, I mean, you described the whole match. Uh, that is literally it. Yeah, sure. Kick punch, struggling in the corner, Harris boys hurty, oh, awful. the Puerto Rican lads try and be fast and they <laughs> yeah. just get kicked by the Harris boys. I've got one funny note, which was describing the gear on each of the teams. Uh, Lucha White and Puerto Rican flag gear for the break quiz. Uh, bikes and racism for the DIY. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to clarify here hmm. that, to our knowledge, we don't know if Crush or Chains were racist. Well, by association. Much like, much like you know, 
Hmm. I was going to be like racist by association, friends of Hulk Hogan again, but like you'd have to listen to uh, the, not Quizomania. What's our show called? <laughs> Super <laughs> Quiz Cup. Yeah, they stole from us, the bastards. <laughs> I, I hate these people who go and make loads of money out of a really good idea. <laughs> um, uh, follow us on Instagram. <laughs> and for the Travel record, live. Hulk Hogan's not a racist. It's uh, He was only unfortunate that cameras were recording him at the time. Factual. Yeah, sure. <laughs> How's that gore? I was so like? ready to be racist. I'd be like, oh shit, I, my microphone just happened to be here. Like it was a joke, but yeah, like, yeah. I can't do it without just sounding like a racist. Correct, sorry. Yeah. And you know, how's that Gorka website going? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit dead, isn't it? Yeah. So, so Stitcher. Mm. So if you, by the way, if you're listening to us on Stitcher, find a different podcast app because it dies on the 29th of August. Oh, really? Yeah, so go mm. and find yourself another podcast app. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Yeah. We're on Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. Good podcasts are. And if you can't find us there, it means it's not a good podcast app. So with the Google Podcast app, right, mm. I really like the interface and everything, but the updating refresh rate is terrible. Oh, it's terrible. It's yeah. like 24 hours behind everything else. Mr. Google, can we please fix this? Like, you know, Mr. Yeah. Google's too busy going, huh, look at these other two pricks go on and we're just carrying on being Google. Yeah, fucking A. Uh, the match is quite reminiscent of the LOD Godwins tag earlier in the night. Except there was 10 of them. <laughs> yeah, 10. <laughs> I can go. Uh, we are the nation bum rushing mother. They come down from the da-da, 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 Lima Indigo Dance. Whatever it is. Sorry, I should have made that joke earlier. Uh, Farouk, uh, Karma is here, the fighting machine. The ultimate fighting machine. Good. Dilo and Road Warrior Ahmed is joining ah. them. Uh, fucking Vince tells us that Ahmed rejoined the Nation of Domination last week. Mm. I was going to suggest that maybe we bring up the Raw segment and watch it together on the pod. What do you think? I don't have enough internet coverage here. Okay, don't worry about it. But I can tell you what happened. Go on. Um, Ahmed got the microphone and it was like, bum rush your mother. And Farouk was like, all right, brother, you're in. <laughs> We missed that line so much. You've got to come into the group. Come on, in you come. I want to hate you anymore. I'm not going to call you Uncle Tom. If in you come. I wonder if Ahmed Johnson's got a cameo. Let's find out. <coughs> Ahmed Johnson could be coming to Travel Lodge live. Are we sure he's still alive? Yeah. Okay. I'm probably. Entirely sure. Yep. Ahmed. It's difficult with wrestling nowadays because like a lot Johnson. of your favorites in this time period aren't generally very much around. Return done search again apologies living in the middle of nowhere That's right. in the middle of nowhere, but terrible internet thank you three uh so while that loads up but yeah Arme johnson though he's bought in and i tell you what he looks really good in nation gear yeah really really better than his silly red pants that ken shamrock stole <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and even then with ken it still went up his butt crack yeah fucking a yeah it's not about red it just goes up your bum <laughs> i know it too well my okay. thongs Sure. Maybe I should wear red ring gear now. What, just to match Ahmed and Ken Shamrock? <laughs> Maybe I should wear Ahmed Johnson ring gear. That's it, yeah. That's what I need to do now. Put you on the t-shirt. Oh, there's no rub. <laughs> just you kicking a bin in red pants. <laughs> <laughs> Bum rush your mama t-shirt. <laughs> oh, great. Can't wait to win a fight, finally win a fucking belt. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be screwing up my own mind about my own fucking Mate, joke promotion. Do you understand how we owed this joke? 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 It's real. <laughs> We've got a cardboard box there. We can make a bell right now and crown you the champion. Wrong. I'm going to I'm gonna invest too much money and buy like a three grand belt, leather belts by Dan and get a really good one made up. Fuck the big gold belt. <laughs> it's 
going to be like three times the size, you know. I want a trophy that is attached to a belt that I, I have to like look around. You need a trailer to like bring it with you <laughs> yeah. to the ring. Cut your promo. He's like, hello, I'm over here. <laughs> the champ is here. You can't see me. This is just a factual reenactment of my massive penis. Fucking <laughs> it. You can see it in my big red pants. <laughs> you see me kick that bin? I'm out injured with a foot injury. It's already over. Like, yeah, totally in. Yeah, I'm in. Sounds good. Yeah. Imagine when we can record the vignette for the starting entrance for Travel Lodge Live, which have people kicking bins. Oh, mate. For the whole definitely. video. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this is Travel Lodge Live. And then we can have uh, Anthrax, but in Cockney. <laughs> caught in a bush. <laughs> I'm caught in a bush. On a rope, on a rope, on a rope. Are you hanging on a rope? <laughs> Different band, I think. I think Anne Franks did on a rope. On a rope, on a rope, got me hanging up. No, it's definitely not Anne Franks. What? No, that's a different band. No way. That's, um, fuck me. Okay, yeah. That's testing my knowledge a little bit. On a rope, I can picture his fucking ugly face. It's, um, yeah. It's not nine, nine, nine nails. Something. It's like definitely nine. not nine inch nails. It's, no, no, it's, it's something about nails, whole coughing or hammering something or something. <laughs> I just typed in on a rope anthrax and the top search is power of the dog ended. Explained what happened to Phil Burbank. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Confusing. No idea what that is. Oh, text on a rope. Got me hanging on a rope. Lyrics by. Rocket from the crypt. There you go. Yeah, I was getting there. It's not quiet. I Dear listener, I bet you were sitting there shouting, going, "It's Rocket from the crypt, you fucking idiots!" That's our song now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got me hanging on a rope, on a rope, on a rope. <laughs> travel lodge, travel lodge, travel lodge, travel, travel lodge live. Fucking beautiful. <coughs> we record our own music oh, for travel lodge live. We like the new Jim Johnston. Yeah, fucking it is. Sounds good. Yeah, no instruments. So, you know, people use loop pedals these days. We can make our own instruments with our voices. <laughs> uh, this match. <laughs> so the nation come down to ringside, right? And you're expecting immediate interference, big schmoz, right? It goes like 10 minutes. Well, the nation are just standing around, just waiting for shit to happen. And Chains does his repeat spot like he talked about. He bails to the outside. Um, uh, Chain eventually <laughs> just kind of punches Ahmed. You would. Yeah, so I, I say power of a plunge. It's called power of a plunge. It's more like uh, I'm just going to stick your head in my crotch and sit on the floor. It's it's, it's not pretty. And it, it, the, the problem with the power of a plunge, like in ring with the smaller opponents, it actually looks quite good. Yeah. But against big boy chains, what was that? On the outside. It was droppy. Can you imagine? <laughs> Ahmed going, what I'm going to do, right? <laughs> so I'm going to give you a power of a plunge. On the outside. I'm going to move the mat out of the way as well first. I'm hardcore. Wouldn't you be like, <laughs> sure, who's taking that again? <laughs> Not me. I'm fucking sure. The Harris boys were like, can't let him touch us. <laughs> fucking A. Let's <laughs> not go there. Uh, the, uh, Bariqua pins. <laughs> Bariqua. <laughs> the, the singular. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why I found that so funny. Hugo. But did you? When, that's what we didn't know. Los Bariquas all shook hands at the Spanish announce table as they arrived because they did. Spanish. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Can we have a person wrestle in our promotion who is of a Spanish heritage that's just called a Bariqua? 
Congratulations, uh, Willpower. Oh, You've got Spanish, Spanish relatives. relatives. Oh, lovely. Welcome. A Bariqua, Willpower. <laughs> <laughs> Pins, chains. One, two, three. <laughs> the Puerto Ricans win the race war. For now. Uh, I've written, uh, <laughs> so I had a musical reference here, but uh, you'll laugh at this. I've written, da 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 because I can't remember what the song was that I was going to reference. Are you trying to do that? <laughs> was that Jurassic Park? <laughs> da, 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 da. No, I don't think so. Um, can I remember? <laughs> All you're thinking about is Rocket from the Crypt now, aren't you? <laughs> on a rope, on a rope, Kevin. Oh, sorry. On a rope. It's my game doing on a rope. Uh, oh, yeah. Crush tries to commit vehicular, vehicular combat. Oh, I can say it. Can you say it for me? Vehicular manslaughter. Thank you. But um, this what, is fine. Yeah. But my favorite thing about Crush is he deliberately went out of the way to not run anyone over. Oh, shit. There's a person. Yeah, yeah. And he swerved to avoid. Right at the end, one guy almost gets caught on the end of the bike and it's like, oh shit, health and safety. Oh, now, no. for as a as a motorcyclist who's not allowed to ride motorbikes since I had a child. Sure. Where's the helmet? Mm. Where's the gloves? Do you have a license? Someone get armed. <laughs> where's the helmet? <laughs> but doing. Yeah, but yeah, sure. it's just not safe. <coughs> yeah. Looks pretty fucking dangerous. But, you know, BSK. So, of course, he can do what he wants. Fucking okay. So, uh, just to clarify, the crowd do not give a flying fuck about this match. Racists. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, for all of them. <laughs> like, yeah. they're multi-racists. Exactly. We're, the we're, entirety we're of New Jersey. <laughs> equal opportunist racism. We don't like the nation of domination. We don't like those Bariquas. And we don't like motorcyclists. Yeah, they don't like that Bariqua, at least. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Mm, I could go okay? for a Bariqua right now. <laughs> I could kill a Bariqua. LWO, right Los Bariquas World Order. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or one Did word. Did you see the new um, t-shirt for Andrade? No. It, I think the phrasing is proud Latino man. And I'm like, I don't think I could buy that shirt. <laughs> definitely. But definitely don't, <laughs> but definitely don't wear your proud white man shirt. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> that's not good but like the lwo stuff is like it's 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 running the edge of like acceptability you know yeah but like a proud latino male shows like like fucking hell you just like your target audience just went whoop <laughs> i mean in fairness that's why the lwo shirts are selling so well mm. because we need to have representation in our wrestling program and that's mm. what we had with race wars on SummerSlam 97 yeah absolutely so, uh, crowd are almost silent as this big brawl's going on at the end. And so what... Uh, Shocked into silence. Yeah, sure. So, the producer of this uh, segment or whatever decides to throw up the Owen Hart and Austin uh, match graphic on the screen. Massive pop. <laughs> it's like the crowd know what's coming. Crafty boy. Fucking A. So, well, if you know, you know. Um, a very significant moment in wrestling history. What could have been type moment. Yeah. Uh, the video package is fucking brilliant. Owen Hart on repeat. I beat Austin. I beat him. I pinned his shoulders to the mat. One, two, three. As they show like Owen screwing Austin over and over again. Beautifully done. 
fucking amazing. Austin's like, if Owen pins me at SummerSlam, Owen I won't can- wrestle in America again. <laughs> God, it's the same fucking gimmick <laughs> as all the other two, isn't it? But he's like, if he can pull down his little panties and Austin will kiss Owen's ass. So it's a kiss my ass match. Original. Probably the first one. I think so. Yeah, yeah. sure. I love it how he refers to Owen's little panties. Like he's <laughs> yeah. like some little fanboy or something. It's really funny. If Austin can't kick Owen's ass, he'll kiss it. Lovely. He's a lover, not a fighter. So WF Intercontinental Championship match of Owen Hart, the current champion, versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Da, 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 da. Massive heel heat for two-time Slammy Award winner and Intercontinental Champion Owen Hart. Owen miming that you can kiss my ass. Oh, when did Owen drop the Euro belt to Bulldog? I thought uh, Bulldog always had it. I thought he was a double champ. No, Bulldog had no, it. Bulldog had ah, it. Yeah, okay. he's two-time Slammy and ah, yeah. Tag and IC. But they dropped the tags to um, yeah Austin and Sean, Sean, which have now been stripped. So who's the tag champs? Nobody. Interesting. So pre- after um, Owen makes his entrance, he's fucking amazing. Uh, Michael Cole is backstage trying to get an interview with Austin, and it's fucking hilarious because Austin's just like shoving Cole away, and going. He's just kind of promo. Wait, was Michael that Cole, Cole, not Tom Pettinger? That no, was Cole. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, really? Yeah. I didn't even clock that. I think it's deliberately so they're just like when when Cole comes and try an interview, yeah, just just like shove him, time to fuck off, basically. You can tell Endeavor don't have a fucking clue about what they're doing because they're like, we want Michael Cole on both shows. Yeah, fucking a, yeah, sure. Uh, maybe better than the Irish chap. Yeah. Yeah. Hornswoggle's been terrible on commentary. <laughs> I think that's okay. <laughs> <coughs> this is the first time that we get the proper Austin glass smash. Yeah. And it sounds fucking awesome. It's so gratifying hearing like a like this is road warrior pop status this well, is awesome we got the glass the official glass shatter at wrestlemania 13 with the real glass right sure so it's amazing that it's taken like five months to get from oh that sounded good to getting it into his ring music because we've yeah, not had sure. it it's been like a this. kind of like midi version of the yeah. glass make smash and now hearing the proper thing and hearing the austin pop and it's like in a year year and a bit Austin's gone from, yeah, he's an okay heel to like the most over babyface in the world. He cheated to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like, he's a heel. He acts like a heel. He does heelish things. He cuts heel promos. But he's massively over as a babyface. So why would you ever change it? Like, it's great that they stuck to this is his character. Yeah. This is who he is. He's just going to be this heel guy who's our most over babyface. It's fucking great. Which, again, you've got the NWO and they're doing the, the cool bad guy stuff and they're accidentally getting over. But, you know, on the subject, you know, people go and win the Royal Rumble and go on to great things. Good to see Ricochet came out today and said, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble in 2024. And you are lying. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think um, Logan Paul has a better chance of winning the Rumble than Ricochet at this point. Yeah. Can't have yeah. Cody Rhodes win it, though. He's got to finish oh, yeah? the story and challenge Roman normally. Not- okay. That's what you because think? he won it last year. Yeah, we can do it again. Yeah, a bit repetitive though, because then you're literally having the same build going into Mania. I won the Rumble, therefore I'm going to face you. I think they will literally repeat it. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine they having beat Cody again? That's exactly what I think is going to happen. Yeah. I don't he's think Cody never ever that belt. Him. I think they're going Tommy Dreamer on it, you know? Dusty. 
maybe nice. is a better way of putting it. But like, yeah. That documentary, um, by the way, was very, very good. The Peacock one? one. The, uh, the two-hour Cody Rhodes. Oh, I dop. didn't watch it. Yeah. yeah, really good. Nice open stuff about AEW. Good to see the Bucks on WWE television. Nice. Uh, Tony Khan must have been spitting nails when it's like, well, it's our footage, so of course Cody can use being the elite stuff. Nice. Oh, I see. Yeah, sure. Okay, is that where they got it from? Yeah, so they got BTE stuff. stuff. BT, no. yeah. But AEW's mentioned right. by name of the thing that made the internet <laughs> wet itself by going, oh, it's a secondary promotion. Yeah. But in, in reality, I love AEW, mm-hmm. but it is. Yeah, I think if historically and everything else as well. Involved, if Tony yeah. Khan said, I've just sold my company for $9 billion, I'd go, maybe that's not a secondary promotion. Yeah, I mean, even then, I think like you know, you need a good thirty years of history under your belt before you can really yeah. say like we're the number one. Look at TNA. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's not quite I don't enjoy seeing. <laughs> I enjoyed seeing the, the, the Simpsons meme with like Triple H going, didn't want a main event for a secondary promotion, and there's like a TNA logo going. They're not talking about us. <laughs> <laughs> so the match starts. Austin goes to do his going to the corners. He walks up to Owen and gives him the double birds. And so when Austin goes up to the second corner, Owen chop blocks his knee out, and you're like, yeah. "Fuck yeah, let's go!" And this is like the the speed of the start of a lot of these matches. So you've yeah. got Mankind Triple H straight away. Yeah. You've got Kenny this Bulldog. This was beautifully. This done. This is like 20 minutes long. They do not stop. This constant work rate up until the unfortunate finish, such a good match. Yeah, like Owen taking the Brett bump in the corner, like sternum first. Austin working over Owen's arm. Owen does his sexy flipping out of the arm lock thing, but Austin just rakes his eyes. I'm like, what a baby face! (laughs) Boo! Yay! Uh, it's great storytelling. He's over because he's a badass. You know, why would you ever change it? Like, it really works. And Owen's the optimum heel for this. Yeah, and it's it's not the same match format. It's really weird. Like, it's back and forth. Like, Austin's working over, like, um, individual parts of Owen at different times. Like, raking his eyes, being a heel. And Owen's being, like, more of a heel by being, like, a little pussy at times. Yeah. It's fucking great storytelling. It's, it's like, really working with what you've got rather and it, than and it was traditions r- of wrestling. The, the match structure, as you said, was so different to anything else on the card or anything we've seen on this run of shows yeah. because it was it was equal everyone's going for one upsmanship and they're Absolutely. doing dirty tactics to get the wing yeah both guys done. are selling both guys are getting their shit yeah. in my favorite bit in the whole match is like prime owen uh owen bites austin's fingers <laughs> and the ref comes over and admonishes owen and owen goes he put it in my mouth <laughs> so fucking great and that's what he said to sunny and immediately goes back to biting his fingers yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. So good. Yeah, fucking amazing. A fucking great heel work. Owen tries to walk away. So Austin can get a lovely baby face pop chasing him back and dragging him to the ring. Uh, Owen uh, begging off as Austin stalks. Um, um, Aust- Owen begging off as Austin stalks him down. There you go. Uh, fast paced match. Really, really fun. Owen uh, walking over Austin's neck. Commentary putting over how dangerous neck problems can be. Eek for Shadow. Oh, I always knew it was a fucking work. Uh, stunningly beautiful German suplex by Owen. Oh, it's amazing. And Austin just with the arms beautifully landing, swanning as he went backwards. It looks like he's going to dump him on his neck, but the way he just shifts his body to drop him safely. Incredible. Like, fucking Owen, man. Holy shit. And Owen, because he's the anti-American hero, locks in the camel clutch. Fuck yeah. the Americas. <laughs> Fucking love Owen. Uh, Owen chin locks, uh, cheating, feet on the ropes. Baby Earl eventually notices. Really fun, interactive crowd pops, you know. 
Oh, just can't. And as an aside, putting your feet on the ropes and going on that, you're essentially doing a plank. Why are you doing a core workout and hurting yourself? You're not doing leverage. You're hurting yourself. Sure, but it's like reversing the figure four. It's like, oh yeah. Ah, my legs! Yeah, sure. And, oh no. It's genuinely horrible to watch knowing what's coming. The story behind this, behind closed doors, going into the match, the fi- they were getting ready for the finish and Austin and Owen were having their discussion, apparently, according to various interviews, yeah. including Austin himself. And Austin was like, he was like, so I'm going to do a, I'm gonna do a tombstone pile driver on you. And I was like, all right. And Austin was like, so you're going to drop to your knees? I was like, no, I'm going to drop to my bum. Yeah, Owen. No, 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 you're going to drop to your knees. No, no, I'm going to drop to my bum. And Austin was like, I asked him twice and he's Owen Hart. So of course I'm going to trust him. Yeah. I trust him what he's going to do. Oh, Owen. It's it's so brutal because it looks great. I've seen him do the maneuver before, like the sit out tunes. Yeah, but like even like knowing what's coming, like because the wrestling fans have obviously seen this segment a million times. But when he sets him up, like they they do the thing where Austin has Owen in the tombstone, then Owen leans back, the classic take a cane thing they do over and over and over again. Where Owen has him in the tombstone spot, and you can see Austin's head is by his knee. It's too low. Like, it's it's three, four inches too low. And you're like, Owen is the ultimate professional, that sort of shit. But I think there's an element of just like, I'm such a safe worker, it will be fine. And it's it's not fine. No. He's dropped him, and you can immediately see Austin's head is like a good three inches, oh. well too low. And he doesn't get up. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Austin at this stage basically says in his interviews, he's like, I told Owen to get off me. I can't move. Right. He said he said it to, to to Hebner. Tell him to stay away from me. I can't move. Give mm. me a minute. Yeah. And that's why Owen does the really gentle it's over, not even like a big grandiose gesture. He's like, fuck, what have I done? Uh-huh. And then and he tries to vamp and tries to interact with the crowd just to give Austin some time because he's got to lose because he has to kiss his ass if he doesn't. Yeah. That can't be what happens with so costly Austin. And that's when Owen goes over to the, com- leans over to the comic show to give him more time. And go, He's going to have to kiss my ass. Please tell me he's moving. Please tell me he's moving. And then Austin Please manages to moving. roll over onto his front, tells yeah. baby Earl, he's like, you know, I've started to feel a bit more, but we've got to go home. Mm. So they get the message to Owen to go home, does the worst roll up. But the thing that Austin said in interviews that pissed him off, he's like, he knows his neck is damaged. So why did Owen kick out so aggressively just after the three and yeah. roll over rather than be gentle with it? Yeah, sure. But then Owen obviously heads out and we have that horrifying moment in wrestling history that in fairness, this event changed wrestling history forever because I also go back and I think to it, I don't think Owen was punished for this. Yeah. But I, I always think in the back of my mind that had this not happened, his career would have gone in a completely different direction. We wouldn't have had the Patriot. We wouldn't yeah. have had to join the nation. Yeah, Austin would never have got over the way he did by just being off and being put down by the man. Well, saying, this is the thing. I can't Austin work. now can't wrestle for like eight, nine months. Yeah. This. And so he's just doing promos, which get him over. Yeah. You know, like it works out in the end. But fucking hell, can you imagine? Like, you finally get that gigantic baby face pop at SummerSlam that we just talked about. Yeah. And then as the match is coming to the conclusion, you're like, I can't fucking move. Imagine what's going through your head at that moment. Like, and I, it's again, crazy. Listening back to some other sort of reviews of, the, the, of SummerSlam 97, yeah. they're like, watch Austin's left foot as he leaves the ring and it's just dragging 
behind him. He's not moving. He's, his right foot's moving. His left foot's slightly moving. But it's like, the man cannot move his lower leg. Yeah. He is so incredibly... I mean, obviously, it fucking fucked him for the rest of his life. Yeah. Got some details about yeah. this. So, uh, Austin suffered temporary paralysis and a bruised spinal cord, leaving the company's biggest star off television for the foreseeable future, putting a temporary stop to WS momentum in the Monday Night Wars, is how it's always referred to. Uh, on the Austin WWE DVD, Austin talks about it, and he goes, I thought I was never going to walk again, ever. I remember going to the back, I sat down on the bench, and I was in a world of hurt, and I was confused. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. Uh, Austin said at the time, when you come that close to being paralyzed for the rest of your life, it really fucks up your head. Which is fair enough. And Owen went home uh, and never called, Brett said. He forgot. They're like, what? Uh, when Owen went home, he was uh, all about his family and didn't think about wrestling once he left the arena. I don't think he handled that well. And I think that um, that did the relationship that Steve had with Owen. Didn't do any good to see that happen a lot. Uh, I think Steve was always a bit pissed off that Owen didn't seem to care that he hurt him. Austin said that he was hurt by the lack of concern he received from Owen after breaking his neck. Uh, so he did actually break his neck, to clarify. Uh, Owen almost paralyzed me, Austin said. He called me only once to apologize and while I was in the hospital. If I almost break someone's neck, I'm calling them 25 times to apologize, Austin said. The contrast story that was given at this time when people were talking about it was like, so yeah, exactly what you said there. Then they used the D'Lo Brown and what happened with draws, which again was another really, again, even more of a freak accident than the the Austin tombstone situation. We never got to see that though, so we don't really know what happened, do we? But um, but D'Lo didn't leave the hospital. He was mortified. And it was only when... Um, yeah, you hear the stories about Vince leaving WrestleMania with Taker. To yeah. Go, once he gets knocked out against Brock to go and sit and... Well, WrestleMania's fucking on, you know? But I think it's only when... Thing, you know? It was only when Draws' family told D'Lo Brown, go home. Fuck off. Go get, home. Well, <laughs> well, go home, get some rest. He, know, he knows you're here. Don't... Yeah, yeah. It's not your fault sort yeah. of thing. And I, you know, from, from D'Lo's standpoint, I can't imagine still to this day that's the sort of thing that sits you. I, I, I know it's you know, sounds as bad. It's but you've you've paralysed something. It's the same thing if you you'd accidentally run someone over, or if a kid ran out in front of your car and you had nothing to do with that kid ran yeah, over you. Of course, yeah. That kid didn't run over you. You ran over that kid. If that kid <laughs> ran over you. Big fucking kid. <laughs> but it would never leave you for your whole life. And the fact that someone like D'Lo even got back in the ring. Mm-hmm. And you know, in all and in all seriousness, I think it's one of the things that, from a post-pandemic wrestling thing, that got to me about wrestling. I started thinking, you know, got this job I really like, got my child, got my wife. Is it worth it for like eighty people? Yeah, sure. Yeah. To, to to do it, and it's always whenever we I see or someone as safe as Owen as well. Yeah, you know. And, you know, as you know from my experience, I've worked with some hurty bastards. Yeah, sure. I'm coming for you, Tugboat. (laughs) But it's just, yeah, it just puts into perspective when all these wrestlers go out there for entertainment. It's like we're going to go to Wembley in a few weeks' time and people are just going to not leave anything behind. They're going to go and outdo themselves. We're going to see some mental shit. I just hope everyone's safe. Well, exactly. And then it's, it's when you see stuff like this and you're like, I know you're trying to entertain me, but just maybe do an armbar? Sure. 
With that weird step in mind, it's time for your main event of the evening, which has gone over a bit of like a wet fart at this point because the crowd are just like, that was a bit scary. What's happening? Yeah. But like, thankfully, you've got the most professional of professionals in the wrestling industry. And the Bret Undertaker. Hart and Undertaker here too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's the WF World Heavyweight Championship match with the special guest referee of Shawn Michaels, which is a, we might not wrestle in America again, apart from The Undertaker. If we do things, match, I don't know. Uh, the Undertaker, current champion versus Bret Hart. I bet you know what my first complaint about this match is going to be, don't you? Should we play the video package before we do? Let's do that. <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart and his Hart Foundation have been on a colossal roll in the WWF. But has the Hitman's patriotism led to insolence and overconfidence? Thank you for letting me still be your hero. If I don't come to Canada with that World Wrestling Federation Championship belt, I will never, ever wrestle on American soil ever again, and that is a promise. You said that if you don't win the World Wrestling Federation Championship at SummerSlam, you'll never again wrestle on American soil. That's what you said. The most awesome force in the history of the World Wrestling Federation stands in Bret Hart's way. A phenom whose tenacity and vengeance has overcome every obstacle faced. A man who proudly carries the torch of distinction the WWF title. But in the largest spectacle of the summer, the Hitman will confront much, much more. The Undertaker and Bret the Hitman Hart for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. And I will be the special referee. If I lean towards the Undertaker's side, I also will not be able to wrestle in the United States. I'm gonna set one more example. And the, and the Patriot, you're gonna just be one more name that I'm gonna add on to a list of Americans that I'm gonna flush down the toilet. You know, he comes out here and he talks about how he stands for everything that's right, and he jumps a guy while the National Anthem's playing. Oh! And the official knocked down as well. The Hitman Brenner, the referee with Hart. Bret Hart, upset as well he should be. WWF title match of the year. Pride, power, and conflict will rule. If the dark side prevails, a fallen idol will face exile. And if this man has his way, that possibility will become reality. What's your complaint after that lovely video package? We get the challenger. Enter first. Oh, mate. 
such a weird order of entrances. Oh, but uh, it's, it's blatantly the match before was meant to go a bit longer, so they've got a vamp and fill time. Well, you know, Brett came out, we had the anthem, it's all good. Yeah, they play the Canadian national anthem with Brett. Yeah, Brett comes out first before the referee. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That was it. Yeah. Why is the referee coming out after the challenger? Oh, it's Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I honestly thought as Brett came out first, I thought they're going to make Taker come out next and then Brett and then Sean come out last as the I referee. I was going to get top billing over the champion as well. Oh, yeah. I couldn't fucking believe it. Yeah, I'm happy you didn't. <laughs> that would have been too much. But yeah, HBK's entrance longer than Brett's. Again, as I said, <laughs> there, might, there might have been a bit of time to fill. Hmm. So referee should not have special entrance before <laughs> if you're gonna do it, referee first. Then challenger, then champion. 100 percent So the gimmick is if Brett doesn't win the belt, so even if he wins by disqualification, for example, he will never wrestle in America again. Yes. If Sean does anything to favor the Undertaker, he will never wrestle in America again. For some reason. <laughs> then we'll have to go and work in Canada for AWW. <laughs> so weird. What a strange gimmick. I understand the Brett stuff. Because we established this previously for the last pay-per-view and they didn't do the match, King of the Ring and everything. But Sean? Well, they had to do something because obviously with the known beef between the two, and even though it was resolved at WrestleMania 12, right, I see why would it. Sean not cost Brett by just going... But why uh, the Americas? Could you want to take his living away? <laughs> Canada's a shithole, apparently. Which is not. Hi, Warren. How are you doing? I love Canada, yeah. Canada's brilliant. Uh, I've never been, but I think it's one of the places I'd much rather be than other places in the world. Do you want me to prove that I know the entire Canadian national anthem off the top of my head? I do not need you to prove that. <laughs> but of course, because you I assume you probably had to learn that for your previous attempts of... Uh, no, it's because I watch ice hockey. Uh, they play it for every fucking game. <laughs> that's where good ice hockey players come from, Canada. Uh, that is true. Yeah. Unless you true. are a Maple Leafs fan or player, then you are obviously not a good player until <laughs> when it gets to the playoff season. Uh, yeah, they try. They try very hard. They had a wonderful <laughs> Amazon Prime documentary. All <laughs> uh, right. Blah, blah, where are we? Okay, so... Um, they referred to Undertaker as Awesome Force Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> Must be some kind of like toy merch deal coming. We've got the awesome force version of The Undertaker. It's like properly recovered from a zombie. He's now awesome force Undertaker. Big Bronson Reed. Seth freaking Rawlins. It's so fucking stupid. Awesome force Undertaker. It's a bit rapey. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Sean's promo bit. If he decides to take her, blah, 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 blah. Uh, flag match thing. Patriot beat Brett as Sean gets involved. He's a cheaty boy. Cheaty boy. Uh, they refer to his uh, pride, power, and conflict will rule. Santana and Ortiz. <laughs> oh, God. What's a shame that didn't work out? That was a great tag team. Uh, I liked them. I think they fit in well with that scene, you know. Yeah, they had a nice parking lot brawl with the uh, the best friends. Do you remember the sick match they had with um, uh, Rock and Roll in TNA? I think it was. Yeah, that was great, man. If they could only continue that form, you know. Yeah, but then you know, oh, there's something new and pretty. I'll get them involved with me, and I'll fuck it up for them. Yeah, very much so. Then hey, they had the whole, like... Don Callis, you're getting over. Let's pretend we're friends again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm, and then just uh we come back to the commentators and they just spend ages fucking stalling and vamping or whatever uh teardrop on his face ginger hair goatee undertaker not my favorite ginger racist i like him in this time <laughs> i thought you about to say i like gingers i i, I like so <laughs> Val. i'm a bit ginger myself <laughs> i've got multiple oh, colors in my beard she was in the same room as me have i told this story on the pod yeah I think I told her on the yeah. Pod. yeah, she was in the same room as me. I just well, you also this. forgot that you'd met her. was also my favorite. It was thing. that as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not in person. Just we were on a radio show together and you reminded me. Yeah. yeah. I remember. So, uh, so I'm just skipping all my like, you know, Brett comes out first. Why does Brett come out first? So angry still. Genuinely. Yeah. I, I'm very old this year. Hmm. But things like this still really bother me to the point that I watched this this morning. And even when I was having my dinner before you arrived, I was like, why did Brett come out before the fucking referee? It's stupid. It's really stupid. Um, Sean comes out uh, and gets kind of like, you know, a few high-pitched, pubescent kind of screams and stuff. But he's not really over. No. It's, it's weird. Uh, I think... Like that's because gets... he's not the ultimate force. Uh, <laughs> the ultimate force undertaker. <laughs> uh, Sean even gets his kind of little ring sparklies pyro to do his pose in his like fucking yeah. outfit. Uh, Vince goes, Sean represents America's youth of today. And I'm like... Does he? He didn't a, have a gun. <laughs> That's a funny joke. <laughs> like, Sean is essentially a male stripper, right? Yeah, Val Venus wannabe. That's his gimmick. Yeah. How is he representing the youth of America? Because they love poontang. <laughs> what, male poontang? They're all androgynous. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird to think. I don't know why Vince ever thought Sean was the guy. In terms of just like, oh, this is the one. Like, not Austin, who's getting these gigantic baby face pops every single fucking week at this point. And like, comes out of some time this year. Oh, I guess he can't be Austin anymore, but like, it will be, you know, still. Who would you think in this WWE roster at this time would have probably been like the Youth of America? Because at the moment, all I can think is, is Flash Funk. Headbangers? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ahmed? Everyone loves to lift weights. Yeah, sure. Um, God, okay. Who represents the youth of America? PG-13. Yeah, fucking A, yeah. And they're fired. They're not even here anymore. Fucking stupid. Uh, so speaking of male strippers, dong. <laughs> uh, think announcing taker. From Death Valley's. Oh, that's so good. Like, orgasmic. He's so good, man. I mean, as you said, uh, recovering vampire. Recovering zombie, ginger goatee boy with um. Apparently, he's killed someone in prison. Not great. It's not his best look. Nah, he's going from really, really fun gimmicky taker into Ministry of Darkness goth taker, which is probably his better style. best taker, best attire. Yeah. We're just not quite there yet. No, he's got. He doesn't quite know whether to be a zombie or not at this point. He's got the Green Day hoodie. He doesn't have the Pantera hoodie. There you go. Yeah, like it. Um, Thank you, indoor market and third eye. <laughs> uh, when Taker gets to the steps, goes <laughs> quickly with his hands, and there's a lightning crack, and it's like, oh, that was fucking awesome. That version of, I mean, Taker entrances when they're not twelve hours. Yeah. Although in fairness, Roman Reigns' entrance at SummerSlam was apparently about seventy-three minutes. Yeah, I, I timed one of them was twenty-seven minutes once. <laughs> fucking hell! Twenty-seven minutes to get to the ring. Sorry, like from his music hitting to the bell ringing was 27 minutes. Fucking hell. Yeah, that was uh, against, I think it was against Cody, I think it was WrestleMania. Wow. 
it's not great. Uh, uh, Lula says, let's get these stipulations straight. And I'm like, no one has a fucking idea what's going on. Like, don't be a dick or like, you don't get to wrestle in America or something. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Sean lifts the winged eagle. Brett grabs the strap and smashes her overtaker to get her started. Sean has to literally step in between them and drag the belt off Brett. It's a great dramatic start. And again, hot start. Bell hasn't rung, so he's not disqualified. Yeah, absolutely. And also, from a Brett standpoint, don't touch my fucking belt. Yeah, fucking hey, yeah, sure. Considering what's happened with Austin and Owen just a couple of moments ago, the fact they instantly get the crowd on their side from this one thing, yeah. that's blatantly Brett going, we're jump-starting, I'm doing this now, you know? And poor Taker's like, I haven't got my robe off yet. I can't see. <laughs> it's really sure. dark in here. Eventually does, does his corner spots. You know, Taker does Taker things. Uh, Brett starts to work over Taker's knees. Whenever Brett and Sean come together, like, you fucking prick out the fucking way. It's, like, it's so sweary, but it's great. The, the legit tension and drama in this match. Whew, it works, man. Really works. Do feel a bit sorry for Undertaker being the case. Oh, of, yeah. This is my main event. And this no is the Sean shit show. about me. This is 100% the Sean yeah. show. Brett is there working, and there's quite a good match going on, but it's all about Sean. The Brett Taker match itself, yeah. as Undertaker's a face, really is odd how flowing this match is. Like, Brett is dominating yeah. The Undertaker and yeah. actually having a wrestling match. To the point where, outside of the look at me, look at me, I'm HBK, the match is really fucking good. It's great. Yeah. Really, really good. Like, Taker gets his big guy spots in with Brett and stuff. Brett sells him like a yeah. beast. But Brett legitimately is doing all the kind of like, this is kind of the same stuff he's doing with Davy Boy at SummerSlam, where he's like working over the knees and doing yeah. like the Ric Flair stuff where he jumps down and sits on his knee and stuff, you know? And he does like the figure four around the ring post. And it's like all the great stuff, like Brett's sort of really working, but not doing his sequence of spots. It's not all power moves yeah. and such, you know. It's it's clever, meticulous, like heel work. And the whole time, it's got a reason for Sean to come and tell him to stop, but not disqualify him. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's so clever, smart so, boy, so good, great stories. And again, you can tell it's a Brett Hart's put this match together, and it's basically said to Sean interject when you feel the time's right yeah sure because you can tell it's clearly getting fucked off by it there's definitely a moment where brett turns to sean slightly out of frame and goes stop getting involved for yeah. just a minute because sean is there like on top of them it's like he's like where's the camera where's the camera oh there's the camera i'm sure michael's hello i'm just, a sexy boy yeah, boy. <laughs> uh, brett locks in the figure four around the ring post for quite a, sorry the, the figure four in the ring for quite a mm. long time on take which brings out ginger no facial hair pool bearer Mm. so they've unveiled on raw in the past few weeks that undertaker's brother kane is going to be here and he's alive and like i think the assumption is that he might be coming out at this point yeah but taker randomly just jumps out of the ring and beats the shit out of paul bearer <laughs> for how almost no fucking reason how dare you revealed i killed my parents in a fire bush 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 what a baby face you know <laughs> fucking madness oh, when you put it like that i killed my parents <laughs> Sympathy, yeah, good day. Uh, which gives a re- uh, Brett a reason to go take out his knee again, which is lovely. Uh, Owen and Pillman out to ringside. Bulldog rested earlier, and Anvil has something else to do. I guess crack. Um, it's a An- boy. Anvil is not there tonight. Did you find out why? Because I couldn't find it anyway. He's WCW bound. I think is he really gone already? Mm. At this point? I think it's close to it because he was oh, there after shit. Stampede, right? 
I'd have to check my dates, but I'm pretty sure he's he's on his way at some point. Because there's definitely the raw after. Is it after they screw Brett? Will they chuck out Anvil? I'm sure it is. DX yeah. fuck over Anvil, don't they? Yeah. I think he's definitely around still. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. I got my dates mixed up because I think he got went to WCW after Owen passed away. Yeah. So oh, we're two, I mean, a couple of years away from that, actually. I don't think he had a stint in there before, then came back. Then I thought it was after the Montreal screw job. Was it after Owen? It might have been after Owen, actually, because it was late. I think it was 98. We'll find out. We'll look at some more WCW uh, no, events. It must be 97 because Sean's there and Sean doesn't, isn't around after like, WrestleMania 14. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't matter. We'll get there. We're literally covering it. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time uh, Sean admonishes Brett, they get closer and closer to decking each other. It's really great storytelling. Uh, Taker repeats the spot from earlier. Randomly bails outside when he sees Owen and Pillman, uh, which brings out Sean to send the foundation lads to the back. Uh, Sean misses Taker, pinfall off choke slam. Uh, so Taker goes after Sean. Much, much drama. Yeah. Very cool booking. I love these matches. It's full of endless bullshit. But as long as it's logical and it works, yeah. like, really great. And in fairness, the distraction of go away, Heart Foundation. I definitely have to keep an eye on you because you're having shenanigans. Sure. I did enjoy the fact that Pillman was like, not worked with The Undertaker before. And he went and got punched by The Undertaker. Yeah. He's like, I've been hit by it, Mark Calloway. It looked great fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of heat. The crowd are completely eating up these moments as they start to build the match and build and build. Uh, quite a long one. This match goes 28 minutes. Yeah, but you need it for the shenanigans. Yeah, it doesn't feel like either. It's, it's, it's constant. It's That's why you can the tell time. the main event is good. Yeah. Because you're not aware of the time. Time. Fucking brat, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's great. Two prop main eventers here. He's These not are big name guys in the main event having a good singles match with good storytelling. Brett's not had a bad match on this run. Has he ever? WCW. Uh, I'm not sure that really counts. Even those are pretty good. I've watched a couple of those recently. It's still working pretty well. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, we go up for a suplex. A uh, little slip by Taker. And Brett's like, oh, no, no, no. Up you come. And drags him off and gives him the superplex. Uh, sharpshooter locked in. A taker just powers out of it. No one's kicked out. No one's got out of the sharpshooter. All right, JR. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a moment. Yeah. And Brett's like, what the fuck's just happened? <laughs> yeah, really good stuff. Why am I outside? HBK drags Brett off the apron where Brett has Taker's leg wrapped around the ring post. The tech guy at ringside, did you see this guy? No. So there's a weird moment where like, you know, Taker's got his legs around the ring yeah. post from the inside and Brett's holding them. He's kind of half doing the figure four around the ring post, but not really. And then Sean goes like, you can't do that. You're on the ropes. Pulls Brett down. It falls onto Sean. And there's a little tech guy in the corner being like, you guys have got to sort this out. <laughs> like just chats <laughs> them away. It's really funny. Like, yeah, look out for it. Oh, because it's a really funny moment. Uh, Sean's selling on the outside. So Brett grabs a chair and smashes it over Undertaker for the first false finish of the night. Take a kicking at like 2.9. Yeah, big Great. reaction from the crowd. Huge. The crowd are fire at this point yeah. like, great match uh sean finds the chair and drama starts to ensue he's like did you use this chair brett and brett's like no nah, i don't like you go away just to kind of ignore him trying to wrestle uh brett spits in sean's face proper loogie like, right on his top lip there's this brilliant moment where sean goes to wipe it away and only gets half of it so it's a little, <laughs> yeah. little loogie, you know? <laughs> it's fucking classic uh, Brett shits. <laughs> <laughs> Brett 
Spencer short face. That's a very different moment. Uh, huge leaky right on Sean's upper lip. Disgusting. Uh, Sean swings the chair at Brett. The chair smashes into Taker as Brett ducks out the way. Oh, such a great finish. It's such a fucking awesome finish. Brett pins Taker and goes to Sean. Come on, Ed, son. Count the three. Sean goes, oh, no. Drops the chair. Slides. He's half out the ring already like, I want to leave. Forces himself to count the three. Looks disgusted and ashamed as he walks away from the ring. As Brett turns to the crowd and does his taunt, but with a big sarcastic look on his face, going, Wah! I did it. Fuck you all. I'm coming back to Raw. Oh, fucking these guys, man. So good. Maybe one of my favorite moments of these, these two, three, whatever. Yeah. But specifically, Sean and Brett. It's fucking great. Like the super kick into the wheelchair is an amazing moment, but they fuck it up so much with the timing. This. Oh, the unwillingness of Sean to do the job, but he has to do it properly. And Brett's looking at him, going, cow bitch. <laughs> so as he beats the Undertaker for the belt. First time in a year and a half of the story where Brett's finally got one over on Sean. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And new. And new world heavyweight champion, Brett the Hitman Hart. Fucking A terrible booking from vince because he has to book the belt off brett well th this is the thing it's like right so we're a couple of months away yeah brett's contract's up uh -huh. well so he's, he's told brett we vince need knows he wants him gone yeah. at this point but he told him in july i can't afford to pay you you need to get make your way out and brett's starting his negotiations and then august hits yeah, sure. and then vince goes we found the money <laughs> is that what happened yeah I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Because they've restructured their, they increased the uh, cost of the pay-per-view. They restructured some of their live event stuff. They restructured their travel. So they made money right. so they could go to Brett and go, got some more money now, Brett, so we can pay you. Nice. But again, the offer still stands. If you want to leverage your way out, because it was all about money and what, you know, I can't pay you. And that's why Brett started looking seriously at it. And yeah. again, going on, some of the WWE stuff, so like Pritchard. So and that's why he's put the belt on him. Because he's like, oh, we've got the money now, so we can, we can have the belt on Brett. But the question, the thing that Pritchard raised was, I don't know why we put it on Brett because we knew we'd have to get it off him. Because if he took the WCW offer, we've got to get the belt off in like a month or so's time. It's so short-sighted. Yeah. Like knowing how much he hates this guy that you're probably going to want to put the belt on because you're Vincent Mann and like Shawn Michaels, blah, 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 yeah. you know? Like, even the presentation as the referee in this fucking match is like, oh, we love Sean. Look how great Sean is. Why do you put the belt on Brett? <laughs> Just have Undertaker win a bullshit finish. Because <laughs> who's our boy? Yeah. And who do we want to get over on Brett on his yeah. way out? This is going to be quite a statement. Uh, Undertaker is not over. No. His entrance is over. Correct. And he's very good at having a match. But you think about the time he's held the belt, the feuds he's had and stuff like that. It's afterthought. It's equally controversial comment. Never been a good main eventer. Oh, 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 oh. Hmm. Hmm. Depends if we're using the WWE definition of main eventer or like, you know, our actual <laughs> definition of main eventer, like the real one. No, as in, I can see what you're saying. But like, we think about like the... His match with Edge as a mania main event 
because Edge carried him. What about the match with Sean? Will they destroy the indie house set? Yeah. That's a great match. But this is the thing. We're talking about... 25? We're talking about a match. So he said... he's Sean Michaels has got good matches out of Undertaker at 25 and 26. Yeah. But... I'd, I'd say the WrestleMania 14 with Kane is a banger as well. Yeah. But if you think his career went from 1991 all the way through to modern day wrestling... Yeah. When you think the Boneyard match is your best main event. <laughs> Which I didn't actually really like that much, if I'm honest. But it's... I liked it because I think AJ's funny rather than Sean, rather than Undertaker's good. The Ministry of Darkness run was good, but the matches were shit. Yes. So the character was good. Mm. He could not main event. I don't think people, other than the nostalgia of Sean Michaels is going to retire... Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, I don't think I just don't think he would to an outsider. Yeah. So people knew who the Undertaker was, mm. but you wouldn't sell a mania to the casuals on an Undertaker. Yeah. You sell it on a Brock Lesnar. You sell it on a Rock. You sell it on a John Cena. Yeah. At that time, you sold it on an HBK. You sold it on a Bret Hart. You didn't send it on a reformed zombie. Yeah, I, I think it's weird because I know people that aren't really wrestling fans but like own an Undertaker t-shirt or an Undertaker mug or something. Yeah, they're the same pricks who wear Nirvana t-shirts and don't know, have <laughs> never heard a Nirvana song yeah, in their lives. Sure. I think, again, it is more, it's just the gimmick rather than the caliber of matches, maybe. It's not like they saw, you know, an amazing main event for Undertaker and went, oh, that's my guy. Like, you know, an amazing sports performance or some bullshit, you know. He is renowned because he kept his character protected yeah sure and and, and amazingly what happens well, when it's not that we don't value the undertaker no i just don't just, think he was a, yeah. a main event a, a top tier main event wrestler sure i would liken him to the same level mm. of main i struggle a- with that that sentence for some reason i don't know why yeah i think it's just because it's the undertaker and he was so important to keeping this company going and everything else he was know? the he was the consistent name yeah but at the same time then it was like maybe it's vince's fault for going you can work with Great Carly. You can work with Heidenreich. You can sure. work with Snitsky. Yeah. You can work with Hogan now he's back. Yeah, sure. Even the stuff with... A-Train. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, you can get yeah. Nathan Jones over. Yeah, sure. Even the stuff with Punk after Paul Bearer died, it yeah. was the story, not the match. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's had good matches, but then Prince Puma's had good matches in, in Lucha Underground. Uh, Prince Puma has had a hell of a lot of good matches. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, but he's not so. a main eventer. Yeah, I get you. Ricochet's not a main eventer. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, um, but yeah, so there we are. We've now had the first time in a year and a half. Brett has finally got one over on Sean. Yeah, And sure. we're, a, we're a quarter of a year away from Montreal. Uh, I love that when Brett's uh, celebrating in the ring post-match, the ring is full of rubbish yeah like this, this is not crowd plants tna we're throwing shit in the ring this is the crowd are like fuck you <laughs> it's great you it's could always humor. tell when it's not the plants when there's more stuff on the outside of the ring so people can't get uh, whatever they're screwing up and throwing into the ring absolutely yeah and the fact that brett managed to generate like brett hart like as much as he's a rudo he's still brett hart we still remember and love and adore and see the class right but as jr said Fans in Canada, the UK, maybe Germany will be elated by this. That's an unholy alliance of countries, isn't it? (laughs) If we ever decide to take over America, that's the alliance I want. (laughs) So, 
Oh, Dusty would be so proud of this finish. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's great. But we've gone very long today, so we should yeah. probably wrap up. How many cornflakes would you give this show? Um, uh, it's a really weird one because it's 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 not a great show, but there's some really like significant and great moments. I fucking love the main event. Yeah. So it's probably a four. I'm a four cornflakes. I've got Triple H Foley yeah. in a cage. I've got a Owen banger. Austin. The main event's really that, good. The Owen Austin match is incredible, apart from the finish. Yeah. You know? And I've got a million dollar giveaway, which is just yeah. so stupid. The half an hour fucking of fucking around with planes. <laughs> Sorry, planes, phones, and keys, and tits. <laughs> like sounds sounds like you get at a travel lodge. <laughs> it's like if I had to write a wrestling segment, it would be that. <laughs> You know? Well, you're going to get your chance. Remember, everyone, follow us, Travel Lodge Live, on sure. Instagram and Threads. Do it. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think Threads is working, you know. There's only one follower currently, so. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we we, we, we embrace new social media platforms. We're also on MySpace. <laughs> sure. Yeah, man, this is a lot of fun. How long did we go this week? Uh, this is uh, over two and a half hours. Banger. Nice one. Let's pay for you, so fuck it. Why not? Happy days. All right. Cool. I'll see you in a few weeks, everyone. I love you, everyone. Oh, and Conroy. Except the challenge, you also ain't getting paid. That's our thing. That's the finish. <laughs> <laughs>